is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, we're going to start things out here with Johnson in Connecticut. He called at the end of last night's show and didn't have a chance really to get his thoughts out, so he has called again. What were you calling about? I was calling about the fact that you had said, you had made a statement about uh, pandering in politics being the most, I think you said the most despicable thing that one a politician could do. No, I don't think it was. I don't think I said it was the most despicable thing. I just consider it uh, pretty despicable. What brought this conversation up was that uh, this Rand Paul, uh, the the people who support him, either believe that he really does believe in liberty, uh, and that he's just lying in order to get into office, and he really does understand what liberty means, or that he doesn't quite get it, but he's still the best option out there. And I say that uh, if if it's the the former option that he doesn't get it, or that he rather excuse me that he does get liberty, but he's essentially lying or pandering uh, to a particular viewpoint in order to get elected, I find that particularly despicable. Well, let me say this: I think that if he's lying to get into office, um, he's doing a pretty bad job of that because he still is. You know, he's putting forth a lot of views that aren't very pub- you know, p- popular with the general public. So I think that if he, if he were lying to get in office, he's not going about that very well. Um, so I don't think that that's it. But uh, what I really wanted to call about was more the fact that you say that pandering is bad at all in the first place. I don't agree. And Do you think it's okay to lie to people? Uh, if you're in politics and you're in that system, yes, absolutely. Hmm. I, think it's, I think it's akin <laughs> to... Okay, I think it's akin to, say you're uh, defending your home. Uh, someone has broken into your home, and they have a gun, you know, and you have a gun. Is it despicable to fire a gun on someone stealing from you in your home? Is I think that... Is it to uh, defend your family? It's, is it okay to lie to a criminal that might kill you to, to get away? Yeah, to tell them that there's bullets in the gun when there isn't. Um, to say that I don't have any money on me when they're, um, d- you know, pulled a knife on you and robbing you in a dark alley. Sorry, I don't have any money for you. Yeah, I see where you're coming from there. You're saying that under a, uh, in a scenario where violence is being used against you or the threat of violence, that it's acceptable to say whatever you need to say to uh, to continue on uh, with living your life. And my uh, belief is that the enti- that's the entire political system. That's the whole system. And, it's a system of aggression and violence and dishonesty and lies. And misdirection. That's how these politicians get into, that's how these politicians get into office in the first place. Mm. They lie. And yeah, but that doesn't make it acceptable. But that doesn't make it I acceptable, think, and it's not analogous to the situation of the actual violence. I think if it's the only way that you can get in the office, if this whole system of aggression has become a system of lies, and you need to lie to get into office in order to free people and free yourself? That's not... You, you and I both know that nobody is going to be freed by some politician getting elected. In order for people to be, be free, they have to want to be free, and they have to take action personally. No politician, no Rand Paul or Ron Paul will be their savior. So that's a bunch I of have, nonsense. Okay. No, well, I do. I, I agree with you on that point. Um, however, I do think that a politician getting into office and tearing down a bunch of government and making it easier for freer, free people to be free would certainly be helpful. Yeah, you know, Rand Paul is in an interesting position because if he really espouses really pure libertarian I'm not ideas... Rand Paul. Sorry, I just want to make that clear. I'm not defending Rand Paul. I think that 
you know, it's, I'm not defending Rand Paul just because he may be pandering, he may not be. I don't think that he is pandering. I think that a lot of Rand Paul's views, so from what I've heard, and, I, you know, you guys haven't had him on, but uh, I think that from what I've heard, some of his views are absolutely despicable. It's just that I don't think that pandering in and of itself is despicable. Right, but I, I think he's in an interesting position because I think he's trying to walk that line where he, he's not getting attacked by the right or the left extremely because he, um, if, if, you, if one goes out there and espouses totally um, pure libertarian ideals, in the media, you can still be branded as a nut and you can be politically ambushed. Just look what happened with him on the Rachel Maddow show. So, right. so that's why they have to be very careful while they're running for office that they don't get ambushed because uh, it's really easy to misconstrue or twist something they've said, as you can see. And there were people following him around, I understand, for uh, Trey Grayson's campaign, trying to find some soundbite they could use yes. to make him look like a kook. I agree. So I, I, think, I think some of that's going on where I think he's trying to not – he's holding back a little bit. And we'll find out. We'll find, if he becomes senator, we'll, watch, we'll look at his voting record and we'll, we'll judge him by his fruits. But until then, I'm not prepared to judge him. Okay, but that's one angle, okay, holding back. And I don't know if that's what Ian is saying is despicable, if you're holding back. But what about the other direction, which is – what if you, you know, in other words, a lot of politicians, George Bush, Obama, Obama said that, you know, supposedly he was going to bring the troops home. It would be the first thing that he did, and mm-hmm. you could take that to the bank. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bush said that there wouldn't be any taxes, and, you know, then he did. So they, <laughs> they lie, and they make Right, so because lies. other politicians lie, that means it's acceptable for liberty-minded politicians to lie. I think it does, lie. and I think the point that, um, that, that, that Johnson's making is that um, it, if you use the – liber- uh, the libertarian motto, essentially, is, is that you don't use force or fraud. You don't initiate force or fraud uh, for political uh, reasons. So if you don't initiate force, wouldn't you agree it's better to tell a criminal um, that I have a gun in my pocket and it's loaded than pulling the gun out and pointing it at his face what? and saying, I'm going to blow you away for trying to, uh, to rob me? I'm, I'm sorry. I don't understand all the rationalizing with this criminal stuff. It's not stuff. about rationalizing. This is rational. You're rationalizing lying okay. and dishonesty and uh, you're because t- you keep politicians, bringing up criminals and violence. Politicians are people that wish to join a criminal gang that will use force against me and my loved ones. And right. if a politician wishes to get in that is less of a criminal than another politician, mm-hmm. I can see why somebody w- would find it acceptable if that politician lies. Because I, it's I a game of lying. No, no, Everybody no, no. understands Look, it's I a game of lying. I understand why people find it acceptable. Clearly, you guys find it acceptable to lie in order to get into political office. I have, a, I think, a little bit of higher standards here because I don't want to support somebody who's not going to be honest with me. You're, what you're saying is that if Rand Paul, and again, we're presuming that uh, Rand Paul actually, actually is liberty-oriented. I have no reason to believe that he is. But presuming he actually is liberty-oriented and he's lying in order to get into office, that uh, down the line, that's all okay because he'll get into office and, as Johnson said, he'll tear down the government. Or, uh, you know, he'll work at tearing down the government. I'm not but, saying Rand Paul will. I'm not we're, saying we're, Rand presuming, Paul will. we're presuming actually, he's Lying for the sake of discussion, uh, fill in the blank. Whatever politician I think that's uh, a better is, idea is lying in order to get into office to, to tear down the government. But then he is uh, is going back on his campaign promises. So if that politician is is on the the campaign trail saying he's going to create military tribunals for people in Guantanamo, uh, crack down on illegal immigration, and saying all of these things that uh, he feels he needs to say in order to get Republicans to vote for him, for instance, as uh, it may be the case with Rand Paul, if you believe the the people that support him. Uh, so you've got all that happening. Then he gets into office and starts tearing down the government. Well, he's not doing what he promised to do for the people that uh, that elected him. The people that elected him elected 
expected him to build, uh, build a border fence and to uh, you know to, to, to okay. crack down on Guantanamo. So here's, and how, here's how, and what makes you think that, he's going to make it to a second term if they find out he lied to him? Here's my issue with that, Ian, because I'm not, and I'm not necessarily talking about another politician. I'm talking specifically about myself. I thought I had had a conversation with you at some point that I intend to run a dishonest campaign. I have every intention <laughs> of doing that at some point. And the reason is, it's because the only people that I would be lying to, the only people that I would be lying to, would be those that want to harm or hurt other people. In other words, if I lie to say, I'm going to make sure those illegals get kicked out of the country, right? Well, then the only people that I'm lying to are those that want to use force against other people. That's a persuasive. That's a persuasive. Yes, point. it is. That's it is. what we've been trying to say all along. Lie to the crooks. Well, if you've been trying to say that, it's the first time that uh, it actually made sense. It might yeah, be the I like the way, That's very uh, succinct. The way you put that, Johnson. I mean, that's, that's and I intend on running that kind of campaign. I had every intention of doing that to get into office and to you know just say whatever I want because you know what these people are scum. That's how I feel about them. Whoa. <laughs> I feel that people that want to run other people's lives are just trash, and I can say whatever I want to them. And if they're going to vote me into office, well, that's their problem, because they wanted to vote for these horrible principles. They Johnson for president. For well, Johnson, so I, I hope I, want to do. I hope you, when you do move up to New Hampshire, you get, you, you get some of the love we've got passing around up here, but uh, what you say amuses me. Luckily, my new legal name is not the same. So, I like your legal name. It's a good name. No, uh, you, you guys know me by a different name. Oh, right, right. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Carnation Evaporated Milk, the cooking milk that makes life richer. For rich and creamy recipes, visit us at thecookingmilk.com. We all have our roster of recipes, but eating the same dishes over and over becomes boring. Instead of throwing them out and starting from scratch, play with different ingredients to give new flavor to old standards. Try Thai spices instead of your usual Italian seasonings. That just might do the trick. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including our bulletin board system, over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there, and it's virtually unmoderated, so do keep that in mind when you're visiting. Uh, Visitors, beware. You can see anything there, almost. bbs.freetalklive.com. Get you there. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. All right, so we're going to continue here uh, and take your phone calls uh, about whatever you want. Andy is listening in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andy. Hello. Hey, Andy, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, I just had uh, my, my uh, daughter is still in the, the public school system, and I had a little story. Lay it um, on us. <laughs> whenever you're ready. A, she got into a dispute with her teacher today over the talking in line at the drinking fountain. Uh-oh. They and don't. Apparently she didn't have a, you know, she, she was talking to her buddy and the teacher tapped her on the shoulder and she went on for a second and she turned to see what was going on. The teacher walked away. So she went back to talking to her buddy. The 
teacher comes back, taps her on the shoulder. My daughter turns around, and the teacher looked her right in the face and said, you have lost your right to drink. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember standing oh in the, the drinking fountain line uh, when I was in elementary school, and they, they always wanted you to stand there very quietly and stand in a very neat, orderly line, uh, just like a good uh, group of little serfs, little future uh, worker bees. And Yeah, she, she's not very good at that. I don't know if she gets it. but mm. um, So well, what happened then? Well, I, she ended up not drinking and went back to the classroom. Ten minutes later, she raised her hand and asked the teacher, can I have a drink? She's still not. She says, no, we were just down there. So then, ten minutes later, she sends a note to the teacher because the teacher has this policy. You can always send me a note. Mm-hmm. Says, I'm dehydrating here. No oh, God. Uh-huh. Well, the teacher lets her go get a drink, finally. Well, not long after that, my daughter decided that she wasn't interested in what she was saying anymore, and she turned in another direction and looked at the clock on the wall. Well, she can be pretty mule-headed, and she did this for probably 10 straight minutes. So instead of I've watching the to... teacher, she was watching the clock? Yeah. Okay. Well, this disturbed the teacher because she was just getting to the very important part of her lesson, according to the, the, the document that was sent home. And... Uh, Brenna just would if she wouldn't uh, she wouldn't listen. So they sent her to the office and they held her there until after lunch when the teacher handed her back, and then they sent me home this long note about it. So what and do they want? I, what they said her offense was on the note was defiance and overt defiance. You know, when I was in when I was in school, I had a teacher say, "Good girl, I'd buy her ice cream." Yeah, right. <laughs> I had a teacher write a little note to me because she didn't want to say it in front of the class, but she wrote a note to me while she was next to me and said, "You have a problem with authority." And yes, I do have a problem with authority. You know, and it, it always amused me that the same people right up on this woman's wall, she had a, an Einstein picture that said. Question authority. Oh, that's funny. What she should have had was a little caveat underneath it, except me. Right. <laughs> or, or question counterfeit authority. So anything else you want to yeah. share about your story, Andy? What do you plan on doing? Well, th- they want to have a meeting with me, and uh, <laughs> I don't really see that there's any point in beating around the bush. I'm, I'm just going to tell them straight up that, yes, I understand what they're trying to teach my kid. I understand that the, the way that they want my kid to think, and... They're just going to have to come to grips with the fact that that's not what I'm teaching my child. Yeah, I, I wonder what what happens. Well, the government schools are compuls, uh, compulsory in that your children are forced to attend them unless they're attending some other you know government approved thing like a private school or you've homeschooling you've or jumped through whatever the homeschooling hoops are in your uh, your area. Uh, but so government com- uh, forces parents to send their kids to their schools. But what happens when you get a, pa- a set of parents that basically is encouraging their child to uh, to not obey or to not just go along to get question along at authority, the government schools, at least. to question authority, etc.? What happens when you go to that meeting and you, you basically say, well, my daughter's doing what I want her to do in this school, and too bad for you? Uh, wh- what what what's the worst that could happen? They're going to kick your daughter out or the put her in kid some, school? Put her in the remedial school? Is that the idea? I don't know, but I'm thinking we're going to find out. 
Bring your own water. <laughs> hey, let us know what happens, Andy, and thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9230. This lady, this lady will try to dehydrate you. Watch out. The lady who has question authority right up in her classroom. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go uh, continue with your calls, ladies first. Linda in Minnesota, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Linda. Hello. Um, I would like to express my opinion, if you want to call it that. That's why we're here, Linda. Uh, Go right ahead. All right. This concerns what's happening to Rand Paul right now. And when I learned out of, learned about this, um, about the, the um, civil rights movement back in the 80s and the politics behind it, it changed my whole perspective. The, the problem with the civil rights movement now, I, I'm not putting uh, Martin Luther King down, but if, if I could speak to him today, I would say, why did you march for your civil rights? Why did you not march for your God-given rights? Amen. To just reiterate the Constitution. And here's what happened through the studying that I've done, is that both the Democrats and the Republicans, and the, the, the neocon Republicans, jumped onto that bandwagon and saw an opportunity to seize that for power. And that is exactly what they did. They used Martin Luther King to prop themselves up to get all kinds of political power for money and, and also power. And division. And, and ever since then, now if, you, if, you, if you look backwards, every law that is unconstitutional that's been passed since then has been under the civil rights laws, and here's the people are who are being hurt I don't know if that's a true statement, it. but certainly anyway, many. I well, see where you're coming from. I, I might be over speaking there, but I'm speaking in general terms. I I was a victim of reverse discrimination here in Minneapolis after that was passed. I went to get a job downtown one day, filled out the papers, answered all the questions. It was at some department store, and the lady behind the desk said, well, you're qualified, but I can't hire you. And I said, well, why? And I desperately needed a job. She said, because we have a quota to make and we have to hire so many black people. Is and that... I said, but I need a job. And she <laughs> says, well, you'll just have to go someplace else. Tell her you're black. Um, what are they going to do, tell you you're wrong? So, right. uh, you know, the I, I wonder about that. This is a department store. It's, it's not common for... Um, you know, it, I, it, it's, it doesn't seem right to me that the government would mandate how many black people or white people or whatever that a department store would have, just a contractor that works for them. Seems pretty unlikely unless they're taking some sort of government money. Yeah. Uh, so government why do you think that was? I don't, I, I don't know. I, it's it likely would. they have some sort of government contract. I thank you for the call tonight, Linda. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, racism is uh, something that is uh, is terrible whichever way it's from whichever way it's coming. Mm-hmm. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. Bring up what, whatever you want, 800-259-9231. Some not-so-shocking news coming out of Rhode, uh, Rhode Island with their income taxes. We'll tell you what's going on over there. Uh, 800-259-9231. Well, maybe, it's, maybe it'll be shocking. Maybe it won't. I guess it depends on how long you've been listening to this show. Uh, we'll get to that coming up here, uh, but first... To make it through these times, you need good nutrition. It's plain common sense, but these days, that's not always so easy. 
you're always eating on the run, even skipping some meals. He here's Mike Buck from Nature Bee to uh, tell us how to do it better. Oh yeah, at Free Talk Live, it's time to come alive. Common sense—that's what we preach here. It's something that's a bit scarce these days. Most people think the three main food groups are burgers, fries, and a soda pop. Well, that's not <laughs> the case. If you want to join that Mile High Club and have the energy the guys are talking about, you better get yourself nutritionally balanced, and you can do that with Nature Bee. Truly, it is the health food store you hold right there in the palm of your hand. You know, and I've uh, I've noticed more energy since I've been taking it, um, and it increases my uh, sort of digestive abilities. Libido. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad that. you said that. It'll, it'll increase a lot of things, folks. Uh, energy, sustained energy, lasting you all day into the night when you want it. Much better digestion, silkier hair, clearer skin, even those are just a few of the benefits you might enjoy. It's uh, This all sounds great, but uh, can you give our listeners a good deal uh, to try Nature Bee for themselves, Mike? Not, not only can you can we get them a good deal, we can give them a money-back guarantee. That's to seal the deal. Order a big six-month supply to check it out, ninety nine ninety five plus delivery. We're going to bonus everybody listening to Free Talk Live three extra months. That's nine for the price of six. Come to your house direct from the farm gate with a money-back guarantee. You make the toll-free call. It is on the way, one 834 8355 That's one Eight three four eighty three fifty five, or join us online. It's easy. Nature B. That's nature b e e dot com. Be just like me. Be all you can be with Nature B. Order eight. Order now at eight six six eight three four eight three five five, or nature b e e dot com. Our number here is one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Ian Wayne and Mark here in the studio, taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Rhode Island. We'll tell you what's going on down there here in a moment. Uh, but first, we go to Chris listening in Kentucky. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, gentlemen, how you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Chris? I just wanted to, you know, comment about Ron Paul. I think there's a lot of things going on. Is about one word that they want to demonize people because the powers to be want control. We've got to see, people do have rights. We have this. They just spin, spin, spin because I think the truth of the Constitution, whatever Ron Paul and his son are speaking about the Federal Reserve, which started all this, we need to get real who the true crook crooks are, are the international bankers that want to divide us. They want to take control and keep going with this and treat us like little children. I've had enough. I want my freedom. We've got a bound to one, and I want one word, like I said. Why just, blame, why just blame the bankers, though? I mean, uh, some bankers are, are not crooks. You, you're talking about the high-level bankers. The high, yeah, the offshore and, ones that are in... Uh, and what about, what about the politicians and the bureaucrats? I mean, those guys are pretty crooked, too, wouldn't you say? They've been yeah, bought. there's a handful of them. That I look at them as puppets because the only reason they want to go in there is it's like, I, I you like me, I'm going to swing my pom poms and you know I will. Well, do now things I understand the, the viewpoint that they're puppets, but I think that's kind of, uh, I think that's kind of oversimplifying things. For instance, uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire, which is where we do this program, there's a city manager that probably makes a hundred thousand bucks, if not more, per year. And I don't think he's taking any marching orders from some international bankers. I think he's just in it for himself. Yeah, there's to, just control freaks out there. Yeah, to uh, to make they a get whole bunch, government to make a whole bunch of money and tell people how to live. Absolutely, and that's that's what goes on. And okay, but does that make him a puppet? No, not a puppet. That's up to the president. You know, you know, if you go to Washington, that's where you know a lot of that is. But corporations, yes, they they have control over our jobs. They send them off overseas. We do have a problem with that, and they just. People need to know what the foundations of this country is and take their own responsibilities for themselves to you know, look at who's going to be the honest public servant out there. We don't have them. They just want to you know, either lie to get in there 
and say, well, we're going to do things, we're going to fix that, we're going to fix it. They get in there and do nothing. That's the problem. It's a continuous broken record of politics. Yeah. Well, that's how it's always going to be because uh, the positions of power attract the corrupted or the corruptible. Yeah, that's true. So the only yeah. way to really solve the problem is to uh, to disabuse people of this fantasy that uh, the system is somehow valuable and uh, get them to reject the idea of a coercive, violent monopoly and embrace the idea of humans interacting with Or at least the largest basis. of the monopolies. I mean, if you just got them to uh, say, you know, no more federal government, that would be getting rid of the largest uh, of the monopolies. That'd be nice. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Chris. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. But why you would want to keep your state governments, I don't know. Here's a story from Projo.com. Providence. Thousands of Rhode Island income tax refunds are being delayed longer than previously reported because of state cash uh, cash flow problems. Now, this is essentially this was happening in California, too, yes, wasn't it? This is essentially a retread of what has happened out in California. So as goes California, so goes, in many cases, a lot of other places. Now, I have some friends from Rhode Island who a lot of them know people in so-called high places who were saying over 10 years ago that this this whole pension problem they've got a huge public serpent problem there with pensions that have been promised and all these benefits and people retire at a young age and get almost all their salary or more it's an incredibly corrupt place yes. from what i understand it's just, i've heard it's i've awful. heard numbers from uh, people in, in new york that they were talking about how many uh pensioners are getting a hundred thousand dollars a year and how many are getting two and three hundred thousand dollars a year wow as it's a pension. crazy yeah, yeah as a pension as a pension so, according to the story here, uh, the state has delayed payments of, of about 53,000 individual income tax refunds, totaling $36.3 million, to make sure it has enough money to pay off state borrowings that come, in, uh, come due in June, according to their State Office of Revenue Analysis. When the issue first arose earlier this month, state officials said there were delayed, uh, they were delaying payments of refunds by about three weeks after the returns were processed. As of Tuesday, however, the delay had grown to between four and six weeks, state officials acknowledged. Now, normally when the tax return is pro- uh, processed, it takes the state several days to issue a refund on that return. If it was refi- uh, filed electronically, a week or so for the return that was filed on paper, according to their tax administrator. Uh, the Division of Taxation has received numerous complaints from taxpayers who've called the agency looking for their refunds. He acknowledged that their call volume is up. They've uh, instituted some new, I guess there's been some legislation introduced that would force the state to pay interest sooner than required on delay refunds. Uh, one of the bill's sponsors said it's a fundamental issue of fairness, money that belongs to the people who earned it and that the state should pay them promptly. But <laughs> it's not. And if you were counting on your refund in uh, in Rhode Island to pay some bills with, well, you're effed. And, <laughs> and a lot of people do this, by the way. A lot of people, uh, they, they're not so great at budgeting. And so they look to the, their tax refund as this, uh, it's, it's part of their budget, basically. The idea that they're going to get X back from the government uh, once they finish the, the, their tax refund is something they work into their budget. Oh, well, I'm going to get this X hundreds of dollars back, and so I can spend that much more now because I need it for this and this and this. But I know it's going to come back to me. It always does, except this year, if you're in Rhode Island, except I think it was last year, if you were in California. That's probably this year again in may, California. Yeah, it may happen again in California. Maybe there are we just states all seen over them. the nation that are, that are just, they, they haven't gone belly up, but they're turning, you know? Right. They, they're, they're not completely dead, but they're beginning to stink. Uh, it's, it's nothing good. 
Right, and and that leaves people in a real tough place. I mean, these people that might have been using the money, planning to use the money to pay rent or or pay a bill, a power bill that's about to get turned off, that kind of thing. Oh, well, sorry, you just have to wait a few weeks now before we might be able to get it to you. Maybe maybe we'll have it to you in a few weeks, if you're lucky. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I love how the politician says that we have to return this money to people who earned it. Now, this is likely one of these same politicians that agrees that the income tax in Rhode Island is, is you know, it's just and it's it's proper and it's fair and it's right. But if, if in fact, he cared about the money that people earned being given, you know, that them possessing it, then he wouldn't be for the income tax at all anyway. The delays have grown from three weeks initially to between four and six weeks lately because the dollar amount of refunds has declined. As a result, the state has had to delay more refunds to meet cash flow needs, he said. The refunds aren't being held indefinitely. Don't worry, folks. You just have to be a little more patient. Until next year, when we'll hold them for eight weeks. Or who knows? I mean, what if they just uh, get to the point where, well, we'll pay them whatever we can. You keep paying us, though, because, well, you have to. We don't have to give you your money back, but you have to give it to us in the first place. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. as the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you the features on the site. And if you enjoy our program, then you can help support the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You can get a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Promote.freetalklive.com. So just a few more thoughts on this story that may become a little more common around the country in the states that have... Uh, the income tax. Not all of them do. Here in New Hampshire, we do not. Uh, in Florida, from uh, wh- whence we came, I, I shouldn't say from. In Florida, whence we came. Did I get it right, Mark? Yes. In Florida, whence we came, uh, there was also no income tax. But in some places, like California and now in Rhode Island, uh, it is getting a little bit more difficult to actually get your hands on the refund that you are supposedly owed. You paid in with your paychecks. They took, uh, they withheld a certain amount of money. You spent, you spent a bunch of time and effort trying to muddle your way through the the tax forms in the hopes that you'd get everything, uh, the the the, the uh, t's crossed and the i's dotted correctly, and not mess anything up. So they jack you for even more money. Uh, you 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 crossed your fingers. You sent it in, and you hoped that they were going to send you a check. Well, it turns out that in Rhode Island there are thirty six thousand people. Uh, who have not yet gotten, th- excuse me, 53,000 people, 36.3 million, 53,000 individual tax uh, income tax refunds that are on hold. And it's not th- that big of a state. <laughs> they are taking, it's true, uh, they are taking uh, twice as long as usual 
to actually release these to people. And according to one of the government bureaucrats, essentially they're 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 heisting people for no interest one month loan. Yeah, pretty much. Although according to the state's own rules, uh, the state is not required to pay interest on refunds until ninety days after the due date for return. So now it's taking them. Instead of up to three weeks, it's taking as many as six weeks, so they're still within the 90-day period. Uh, the interest rate, if they cross over the 90 days, is 3.25%. There has been a bill introduced in the Rhode Island State Senate that would require the state to pay 18% interest on refunds that are more than 60 days overdue. Now, that's a nice gesture on the part of whichever politician uh, has submitted that bill, but point of information, it hasn't passed. He knows it'll never pass. Right, so he's, he's just doing it. He's just doing it for re-election purposes. You're probably right about that, Wayne. Uh, but so, so yeah, that is not the law. The, their their rules say it's 90 days, and then it's 3.25 percent. And uh, one of the bureaucrats points out that uh, oh, everyone knows how volatile the economy's been in the last two years, so the state has taken steps to set aside money in advance. To taxpayers, I say, be patient. We are paying refunds as quickly as our cash flow allows us. Oh well, so. Basically, what it is, is these uh, government people have no money. Like, they take money from people all year long. They take uh, millions, if not billions of dollars from uh, businesses and individuals all year long. And at any given point in time, they have nothing to their name. Because they spend it. They don't take your money and put it in some little account and then, well, we're just going to we're going to hold on to this for Mr. Edge until he comes and uh, fills out his uh, income tax right. refund. As much we'll money as these people have gotten, you think they could just take it and put it in the bank and live off of the interest. You'd think. But they can't do it. No. They can't for a second. They have no control because they have no responsibility for their actions. And so they just throw up their hands. Well, we'll we'll paying our refunds as quickly as our cash flow allows us. So as soon as we get some more money in, we'll send some of it to you guys. But we've got other places where we need to send it first. Clearly, right? Because, I mean, they're spending the money that they're getting. They're getting money in every single day from sales tax and other places like that. I mean, lots of businesses literally pay hundreds of dollars a day uh, in, in sales tax. So they've got all kinds of money from all kinds of sources coming in. But they've got their priorities on who gets it first. And it ain't you. If you look at Rhode Island, how small it is, it's a little booger on the map. I mean, it's it's so small. And considering how small it is, it's extremely indebted and corrupt. It was the um, of the, the there were 10 states that were uh, looked at for the Free State Project. And they were, they were obviously low population states. Rhode Island was the only one that was specifically excluded. It would have fit wow. the criteria. But because it is understood that Rhode Island... I mean, more than most state governments is in fact gang operated. Um, it, it, you know, they they just it was excluded. Yeah, some gangs are, are worse than other gangs. Uh, and the division of the University of Rhode Island's College of Business Administration said the delay signal to the market and to the country that we've got cash flow problems. We're not in a very liquid position. That can't be good. It probably will not affect the state's ability to borrow, but could mean higher interest rates on future borrowings. Some other states have delayed issuing refunds, including Hawaii, which plans to delay payment until July, according to the Associated Press. So it's not just uh, Rhode Island, also Hawaii, and, and they say some other states. So I don't know what the other states are beyond possibly California and, uh, and Hawaii. But if, if this is going on where you live, I'd be very interested to find that out. How many states that have income taxes are suffering from this particular shortage issue? You know what? Actually, if you look at the, I think it was the 32 states that are close to bankruptcy, um, the ones with the highest taxation are the ones in big, the biggest trouble. Makes sense. 
California, New York, Illinois. Bigger Ro- governments? Rhode Island. Yeah, the ones with the biggest governments are the ones that are in the most right. financial trouble now. Because the way they tax, they, um, they, they taxed on you know, people's sort of ability to pay, whether it's, uh, in, whether it's property tax or income tax or, or all of them. Pretty much all the taxes are based on how much people are making, and there's been a huge economic dern- downturn. So governments that weren't running lean, they were, they were obviously, I mean, think about it for a second. If government gets more money, what's it going to do with it? It's not going to save it for a rainy day. It just assumes that, well, it knows. It doesn't assume this because it is true. It knows that you're its slave and it will just whip out the bullwhip and smack you a little harder to make you work a little harder yeah. so that you can uh, make more money for quit, it. Quit your whining, citizens. We'll get it We'll get it to you whenever we can. Oh, right. and if we decide to not pay you the 3.25%, let's say they cross the 90-day threshold there in, uh, in Rhode Island where they're supposed to pay an interest rate out. What if they just decided to say... Yeah, we just can't afford to pay this three point two five percent. So uh, you're just going to get what we give you, and yeah, then there'd be a court take case. It and like it, and, and and that's what I'm going. That's what I'm going to tell you is there would be a court case because some because somebody would say, oh yeah, well here in your own rules it says three point two five percent. It's been beyond ninety days. You owe me this uh, this interest rate, and the state will just say, well, it may say that in our rules, but you have to understand we can waive our rules at any time, and we are in a fiscal uh, crisis here. So uh, well, I think you have that no they standing. Would... Get out of my courtroom now. I... That's. I don't think that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen. No is, standing, dude. As, as, no obligation. Now they'll, they'll have to pay. However, how about this scenario? Then they say, "Fine and dandy. We're doubling the income tax rate this year." You know, they'll have. They have to pay from the past, as you know. Their rules will state. The judges will, I suspect, force them to do it. But what are you going to do if they say in 2011, um, instead of the 3.5 percent income tax rate here in uh, in Rhode Island, it's now seven percent? We have to. We have a lot of budget to make. What are you going to do about it? Because at that point, they've passed the law. The legislators say it's uh, you know it's good, right, just, pure, and 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 okay. And off you go. You're going to be you're going to be paying that. I don't know, Mark. I uh, I think that if the the state agents were to come in in front of one of their own people, the man in the robe, and say, "Look, you know, we're, this is a crisis. This is a crisis, Judge. We we need every cent we can get. We just can't afford to pay these. These folks should be lucky they're getting any money back from us." I agree that the uh, that the judicial system motion to is, dismiss is pretty, for no standing pretty messed up, but I do not think it's that messed yeah. up. I just don't, I don't believe what you're saying um, okay. is likely to happen. It's probably well whether or not we'll find out is you know I'm just speculating here because it because we know that the government can change their own rules at any time they want to. Yeah. They, they have no well, obligation. They can change their rules. I changing them retroactively is much harder for them to do. See, that's what I'm saying, Ian. Is is yeah, they might have to float a few loans and and write a few bonds. But my scenario is essentially the same as your scenario. We need more money and. Do you understand how much easier it is for them to just say, we need more money, we're going to raise the tax rate for next year, yeah. and then they'll yeah, be able to easy. do it. And then they, they sell municipal bonds based on that, or uh, you know corporate bonds based on that, and, and then they, make, they have their money, and you'll have to pay it next year, or you move out. I know that Oregon recently, um, in the last couple of years, voted in a millionaire's tax on income, and they got it in, and they got it through, and how many, I wonder how many millionaires have left since then. A lot. Toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves uh, videotaping the cops. One of the things they hate the most. And right now in Maryland, it's become quite a controversy. They're going after people that have recorded their own arrests, recorded other people's arrests, and they are charging them with uh, with crimes. Just the other day, Mark, you and I were at uh, a court courtroom hearing for one of the activists up here who was being charged with a felony because she recorded some uh, some cops 
doing something naughty. Actually, I think the cops weren't even doing anything particularly naughty beyond just their normal naughtiness of arresting people who are peaceful. They were uh, arresting people, and they were being videotaped in that process, and they didn't like that very much. Well, it turns out they don't like it in Baltimore either. We'll tell you what they're up to here in a little bit. 800-259-9231, and uh, the Baltimore cops are just a little nastier than the New Hampshire ones. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll come back with more and your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live Hour 2, coming up. Hey, America, how do you use WebEx? We use WebEx for our fantasy baseball draft. I use WebEx to record meetings so anyone who misses it can see it, hear it, and get up to speed quickly. My son came home from school sick yesterday. Thanks to WebEx, I didn't miss the client meeting. I saw everything right on my cell phone. Got an idea? Start a WebEx. Connect online and share what's on your computer screen with others, cross town or cross country. Share presentations, conduct training sessions. You can even pass the ball and let others take control. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code FREETRIAL to get a free trial and a free VoIP headset. Remember that code, free trial. WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X dot com. Free headsets available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. Go to WebEx.com and click the radio graphic and enter promo code, free trial. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features, by the way, include the main site, which uh, actually allows you to influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air here on Free Talk Live. You can go to freetalklive.com, get signed up for a free account. They're all free. They're not paid accounts. Uh, But you get signed up for one of the accounts, and then you can submit different things that you find interesting on the Internet. So whether it's a blog post or a news item or a video or audio of some sort, you can link to it via our website. Then our other listeners get to look at that, and they decide whether or not they like it or not. So they can vote it up or down, and you can vote things up and down. And the the items with the most, uh, most votes, the most positive votes, will make it to the top. And the front page of our website, which means we're more likely to talk about it on the air. So head on over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. As we continue taking your phone calls about anything, we'll go to Brett, listening in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brett. Hi, guys. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Is this Brett from School Sucks Podcast? It is. Oh, I was just out holding a sign for you today. Uh, we were out in front of the uh, the local high school with our School Sucks Podcast signage and a freekeen.com banner and... The, the school bus drivers don't seem to like us very much anymore. <laughs> I can I can imagine that. Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, I've been meaning to come out there one day from Manchester and join you guys. And uh, I was going to mention the the show at the end of the call in case I. Uh, Boy, that up seems my like I mean, on live radio. With all due respect, that seems like a long drive for what's uh, literally more no more than ten minutes of uh, of activism. Uh, we well, we got in trouble handing out the CDs here on the the seacoast. Really? So in trouble yeah, in what uh, way? What's that? You were handing out CDs of School Sucks podcast to the kids at the high school? 
Uh, no, we were doing it. Um, we were doing it kind of in the mall parking lot, uh, in what we thought was a public roadway area. It was actually a little bundle. It was uh, the Free Talk Live CD and the uh, the School Sucks podcast CD in one pack. So, who and, did you get in uh, trouble? It was it the out- mall uh, that uh, that had a problem with it? Uh, yeah, which uh, which was fine because as, sure. as the the uh, the officer came and explained to us that it was private property, so right. we you know said, well, we actually respect private property, so we'll leave. But um, yeah, well, it was a shame that they uh, just couldn't come out and talk to us themselves. But that's all right. Well, you can always go to the high school, and then you uh, you're on public property for sure. Uh, although they don't like it when you actually cross onto the high school grounds, so we normally stand outside of that area just because we're already dealing with trespassing charges from having gone to the jail. And I don't think we're uh, really re- uh, willing to rack up some more right now at this point in time. But uh, if you're standing out in front of the high school, you can get at the very least all of the kids that are walking home. It's reaching the ones that have cars and uh, the ones that are on the school buses that are are tricky. Yeah, and that's probably uh, that's probably our next move. Uh, we're thinking about hitting the high school uh, on the seacoast. Of course, I also have uh, a business out here that does tutoring, which was um, I, I was calling in response to a call I just heard from last night. So we're kind of I'm kind of a little weary about mixing. The two things, if you know what I mean, but um, those paths are, are going to cross sooner or later, I'm sure. So, so. What, what about tutoring? What, what were you calling in regards to? Uh, you, had a, you had a caller last night. I was actually just listening to the podcast from last night, and I, I was so flustered by this, this gentleman named Russ from Texas who, uh, who called. I shut it off right away and, and called you guys uh, immediately. But uh, he was claiming that he had worked for a, a tutoring company. The whole thrust of his call was that he was worried about the lack of government oversight. And the example that he gave was people misusing no child left behind money. And I actually had some experience a while back with that whole no child left behind tutoring uh, that a company I was working for got involved with that. And um, I, I just thought it was interesting and a little frustrating that he thought um, it was a good example of the need for government oversight yeah. uh, to talk about how government money is being misused once it's stolen and given to somebody else. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, what, what, what's your experience with this uh, No Child Left Behind money? Well, it was um, a, li- a little bit, uh, a couple of years back, another company that I was working for got this, this tutoring. This has been going on for some time. And I've heard this, this left-wing argument that No Child Left Behind is some kind of conspiracy to privatize education, which is like the most dangerous and insane thing the government would ever want to do. It's perfect for them the way it is right now. Um, but the, the real purpose of it was to kind of get a national curriculum. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, I hate to admit it, but when I did this kind of work where I was being paid, I mean, this is not something I would want to do anymore, but when I was being paid with the district's money, you cannot imagine a bigger demotivator than that. Because if the kids didn't show up, um, you just you just get paid anyway. Like, you just get paid for, show, for doing nothing for an hour. Mm-hmm. If they canceled, you would just get paid. So... I, I, like I said, I hate to admit it, but you would almost kind of, your motivation would be to wish the kid didn't show up. Right. And if you can imagine <laughs> somebody who doesn't say, say, uh, the, you know, the, the morals don't tickle them as much or whatever. Um, if you can imagine what it's like for them, they'll just, you know, they'll, they'll do whatever it takes to get the kid not to show up. 
Yeah, exactly. And it was a real, it was a real glimpse, um, although it was brief, inside the mind of the, the, the public school bureaucracy. And I'm not, of course, I'm not saying that everybody who works in the system has that mindset, but I could not believe just how demotivating it was to know that um, I was going to get paid no matter what I did. In the tutoring, the guy was right. He was talking about having some automated voice uh, tutor these kids. That's like the perfect complement to what the content was. It was just like the worst uh, brain-dead busy work that you could possibly imagine. And, and kids were just uh, made so miserable by the experience. And it, it really was like going back three years and just kind of giving them the math they had. And if they were middle school kids, like the math they had in fifth grade. This guy was saying, as I understood it, that there were certain companies that were getting government contracts through this No Child Left Behind money or something like that mm-hmm. uh, that would allow them to make something to the tune of uh, 75 to $90 an hour gov- you know, from taxpayer dollars uh, to essentially have kids on a phone line pressing 1, 2, 3, and 4, uh, you know, that kind of thing for their answers to the questions with some automated voice. It sounds incredibly awful. Well, uh, I, I would say that a reasonable market rate per hour for, for a tutor is probably around $50 per hour. Um, you mean for like a that, real tutor with a real human being in the room with you, right? Right, right. So the fact that it was automated, that it was uh, just completely useless busy work, and they were charging twice as much, that mm. totally makes sense to me. Uh, as far as uh, when you consider where the uh, where the money is coming from and who right, is so so he was service. so he was accurate in what he was talking about apparently, but as you point out, his solution, which is more government, is not going to solve the problem. The problem is created by the government in the first place, and you can't fix government created problems by adding on extra levels of bureaucracy on top of the the existing problems. No, you're right. Yeah, they tried that in the Soviet Union. Exactly. And it, it, it didn't work. Who watches the watchers and so on and so on and so on. Exactly. Thanks, Brett. So I just hey, okay. I, uh, was a little bit flustered by that call, so I wanted to uh, just put my thoughts in immediately uh, on that. And uh, that's it. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. That's Brett over at the uh, School Sucks Podcast. You can go to uh, schoolsuckspodcast.com to enjoy his program, which is very, very good, and it's Osborne-approved. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Robert in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Robert. Yeah, hey, guys. I just had a quick, uh, it's not really a very um, intense question, but I was just kind of like, I guess you could say, woke up about uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Okay. And I listened to uh, GCN at work, and so kind of all I knew was Alex Jones, maybe some Derry Brownfield, Catherine Albright, and that's about it. So I listened to you guys yesterday because I've been working late, and it was kind of it was kind of offbeat of what I guess Alex would be parroting so much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is kind of weird, you know. And I was like, well, what would Alex say about you know what these guys are saying about Ron Paul, Rand Paul, the Constitution, whatever. So I thought I would call into you guys since I'm still at work and I can right now. So, and see what you guys have to say about Alex Jones. And Great. Let's his, talk his about it here in, here in a moment. Hang on. We'll bring you back. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live's view on conspiracy theories. We'll find out exactly what he's looking for here in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com features, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show... There have been a lot of moments. You can go and download them all, all the way back to the beginning of 2009 in our podcast. Go to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the archives completely free. Have you tried to lose weight but failed? I've uh, developed, with the help of some experts, a super concentrated weight loss formula. All you have to do is take the pills. You don't have to change your lifestyle in any way. And I price them so you can spend less than a dollar a day to lose the weight you've been trying to get rid of. Go to LumathinPlus.com. You can check it out and uh, see my silly little uh, sales pitch there at LumathinPlus.com. The product's working for me, and I think it'll work for you. All right, 800-259-9231. Back to Robert in Oklahoma. Robert, you'd called to tell us tonight that you're relatively new, as in the last 24 hours or so, to Free Talk Live, and that you'd been listening to our network. Now, for our radio listeners that don't know uh, what we're talking about here, uh, we're a syndicated uh, talk radio program. In order to get to your radio station's transmitter, we come from a satellite. Uh, the, the signal gets onto the satellite from our network, which is the Genesis Communications Network. So, for instance, other shows have their networks like uh, Glenn Beck or Rush Limbaugh. They're on the premier radio network. We're on the Genesis Communications Network. And so Genesis has a whole bunch of different shows that they, they offer 24 hours a day around the clock. And we're one of those shows. Yeah. And uh, Alex Jones is a big name and the caller mentioned alex jones a right big name on genesis alex jones a big name on genesis not so big in the uh, the world of talk radio of course neither are we um but uh alex jones has a certain message and uh, and a certain viewpoint and it was a show that you were used to listening to you mentioned him specifically also Catherine albrecht who we've had on this program as a guest uh who's the uh, the spy chips lady she's all into privacy and really into privacy and she's got her own show and uh, are you still with us by the way robert i am i am okay great so uh so that was kind of your situation you'd listen to a lot of some of the other programming on the the network and then you came across free talk live and you noticed immediately that it wasn't of the same ilk that it was not uh, cut from the same cloth so to speak Exactly. You said it better than I did. It's uh, And that's what I was turned on to at first was Alex Jones. So all this time I've been a pretty loyal, I guess you could say, follower of his. And at first, you know, I came across a lot of this stuff about eugenics and all these government secrets and conspiracies. And I was like, well, you know, of course, the government, It's I figured at the time, because I was somewhat of a sheeple, that, well, of course, it's the government, CIA, FBI, you know, it's, it's all, it's their job to keep secrets and look out for our best interests. And then Alex always has said that, uh, you know, don't take my word for it. Look it up. It's true. So I would look stuff up, and sure enough, it was true, and it just it really blew my mind. And I guess I, I, I listened to you guys last night and this evening, and um, some of your points were a little bit off. Yeah, not cut from the same cloth, 
It was pretty interesting. I was wondering what your take was 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 on Alex Jones and everything that he has to say about things. Because that's really all I've I've known pretty much for most of this time. Well, you know, I, I've heard Alex Jones over the years on and off, and I've been around a few more years, and I'm I'm the old guy of the show. And a lot of the things that Alex Jones says, I've heard for many years. And at first, I thought they were kind of kooky. And I even read books that friends lend me lend me about these things. And I thought they were kind of kooky at first. But then over the years, as, as the years have unfolded, I've realized that a lot of them have come true. And so what I've seen of Alex is he does take articles. He doesn't just spout out you know conspiracy theories. He definitely tries to document what he says with even mainstream news articles and he connects the dots. Sometimes people may not agree with the way he connects the dots, but I think that a lot of what he does is is really good, succinct work. Yeah, I'd say that we we probably uh, connect many of the dots that uh, that Alex Jones does, and I think he does really great work, and he does document himself well. And um, you know, he's been on this show before, and uh, you know, his as a caller, as a caller, and and his uh, his stick his stick is is good. It's solid. But I, I think there's a few dots that we don't connect in the same way, um, and it's it's the sort of more speculative stuff. We don't, you know, we don't. Well, do Alex that. will take uh, a news article, as Wayne referenced, and then he'll add his own speculation on top of it, as though it's all part of uh, of the absolute truth. Not to that say that you're going to get truth from a news article necessarily in the first place, uh, well, but there's course. there's a lot of speculation involved and a, lo- and a lot of conspiracy. I actually found Alex Jones when I was younger, I think before I even started into uh, to talk radio, and, and I have a lot of respect for what he does from the perspective of his covering of the police state. I think he's, uh, he's spectacular at mm-hmm. doing that. I'm not such a fan of the... Uh, the, the you know the the elites are trying to kill everybody conspiracy theory you know this idea Bankers. that uh, yeah the, well I mean the, the, to some of it's legitimate I mean the, sure. the the Federal Reserve note is a big scam and that was set up by the by some bankers and you know certainly uh, there are people certainly there are people in search of power my only issue is. Uh, that the message, the the constant uh, message that you hear on the conspiracy shows, and I'm using that term for lack of a better one, uh, is that there is this group, this cabal of people out there. Call them the Bilderbergers. Call them the Trilateral you Commission. Yeah, the uh, the uh, you know the whatever the. And the, these the groups do are, exist. The, I mean, these groups do they exist. Do. They it's do. just a matter of of what uh, measuring what their true intent is uh, and assigning uh, whatever their true intent is. To me, doesn't matter. Assigning this this uh, this perspective of these people are in control of everything, and you know the politicians are just puppets, and there's nothing that uh, that you can do to stop them well, except the, uh, send DVDs around to people. The craziest and, part is when um, is every natural disaster, and I don't know what Alex Jones says. I don't listen to the show all the time, but we do get some conspiracy callers on this show. It's, and, it's a cover up. Every natural disaster is a cover up. Right. Planned. Every natural disaster was. Uh, I mean, all the natural disasters. Pompeii. I don't know how they um, they managed to cause the volcano to erupt uh, four thousand four thousand years ago. But uh, every machines do that. Yeah. Right. So now there's a Wawa machine in, in Alaska that can make uh, weather go bad all over the place. And, and you know, that's all the government's fault. And I tend to, I, you know, to me, that sounds like crack pottery. Yeah. And I don't and, and make and then there's some aspects to this sort of conspiracy theory stuff with the Bilderbergers and that kind of thing that smacks of crack pottery, too. I'm not saying it is. It may very well be true stuff, but people's, uh, you know, BS meters tend to go off. And I'm not interested in flicking people's BS meters. I'm interested in 
and telling them just the cold, hard facts that the government is a group of dangerous individuals that do not mind mind using force to get what they want from you. And that if you think that you can shuffle around the deck chairs of the Titanic, that that you're still it's still going down. And it doesn't matter whether you put Democrats, Republicans or super patriots or whatever. But, But the bottom line is that when you have a small group of bankers who basically have given a monopoly on the creation of money for most of the governments in the world, then they can just create the money and buy off whatever and whoever they want. So some of that does make sense if you follow the money and you follow the real power structure in this world. That's however, all true. However, the reason why I think that we're, we're becoming more and more enslaved is that people are still asleep. They're in denial about, about the, what the power structure is. And as soon as people wake up and they refuse to participate, the whole thing collapses like a house of cards. And that's where I agree with Alex, that, that uh, waking people up is important. And he doesn't even care if you duplicate his DVDs, which yeah, is a I sign think that he's not in for just the money. All right, I, and I think that's good, and, and good on him for that. But the, the, the idea of waking people up, I think, is fine. It's just that the message uh, with which you choose to wake them, I, uh, I disagree with. And if, if you want to keep this discussion going, hang on, Robert. We'll bring you back for more. Yeah, Eight, yeah. yeah more hang question. on. 800-259-9231. I want to talk about the message uh, that people wake up to here in a moment. Free Talk Live. Jolding. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Joining, uh, joining you here, and you can uh, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see it. And if you're a lady listener, you can become involved at shrine.freetalklive.com. So we're, we're talking on the show right now about uh, people hearing the message of liberty and uh, sort of waking up. And imagine if you'd always known the message of liberty. Well, you can have that for the child that's special to you, whether it's your child or a nephew or niece or a friend's child, by simply getting them this book called An Island Called Liberty. If you look at children's books out there like, oh, The Giving Tree or uh, other socialist nonsense that these kids are indoctrinated with, you need they need something to counteract that. And I think that An Island Called Liberty is a great book for that. I've got it for my son, Jack. He loves it. He um, you know reads it himself by jabbering to himself and, and, and pretending to read. And it's uh, it's great. An Island Called Liberty. It's at freemarketunderdog.com. You can go there, see some samples, order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with coupon code FTL. An Island Called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. All right, so we go back to Robert listening in Oklahoma. Robert, you're back on Free Talk Live. You're a new listener to the program. Uh, you found us through the uh, our syndicate, the network, uh, the radio network that puts us up on the satellite for radio stations to, uh, to re-air this program. 
And so you're unusual in that our radio listeners don't really know the shows that you're talking about, most likely, because many of those shows are not on the same stations that we are. But you're somebody who is listening via our network, so you're familiar with some other programs, programs like Alex Jones, for instance, who's probably one of the most popular conspiracy-type shows. Oh, I'd say he is. Out there, yeah. Unless you count Glenn Beck as a conspiracy show. You might, you might be able to. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Uh, but then you, if you count Glenn Beck, you can probably count us. So I don't know if I would count this as a conspiracy show. We believe that uh, the Federal Reserve was started by an elite group of bankers uh, you know, with the intent of defrauding <laughs> the American people. Well, you don't call a that a conspiracy? That's not a theory, though. That's not a conspiracy theory. Somebody might call it that. Sure. It's well documented uh, if you read yeah. uh, G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Right. I think that the facts are pretty clear around uh, the, the Federal Reserve and how it was created. We don't, we're not really delving into the realm of speculation, uh, which is what we're talking about. Some of the differences between free talk law and the the conspiracy crowd out there. Robert, are you still with us? I am. Okay. Uh, for me, it's about the message, uh, the overall message, the theme that uh, is being purveyed on these programs. And I don't know what most of them are. I don't. I don't listen to most of them. I've seen most of Alex Jones's movies, but I've never really listened to his show. Um, and I certainly haven't listened to any of the, any of the other ones. But but I do have an idea of what this is about because so many of the, the the people that listen to those shows will call this program, you know, because they'll hear us on the same network and and they'll call in and they'll think they'll presume that we're just like uh, these other shows and then they end up being shocked that uh, in point of fact we're not. And I think that the 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 message that is per, uh, pervade on the other shows is a very de- uh, destructive one. And for some people, it may indeed wake them up. As you mentioned, you feel like you've been woken up. And I think that's great. And I think that there are people that can, can, uh, can escape from the grasp of what I'm about to, to describe. But I don't know how many of them th- there are. And what I'm talking about is the message of defeatism. And the idea being that, well, there's this group of uh, elites out there and they control everything. The politicians are just their puppets. Uh, they, 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 they run the banks. They run the system. They run everything and they're doing it all for power. They've got plenty of money. They're doing it all for power, etc. They want to destroy 80% of the world's population uh, so they can turn the, the other 20% into uh, their slave force. And I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff out there about uh, how in control these people are. They're so in control that they're able to mastermind these uh, these natural disasters or mastermind 9/11 or you know these uh, false flag operations and all that and so even though on one hand uh, we tend to see government as very incompetent and kind of bumbling and uh, you know really unable to accomplish anything at a decent cost and in an, in an efficient manner these folks see the government as being this tool of ev- uh, this tool for these evil elitists to use and sculpt the world to their liking and it's you know you you hear the commercials about get ready for the end build your underground bunker get nuke alert uh and you know all these <laughs> these products that uh, are designed to prepare you for the this this belief that there's this inevitable coming of total utter chaos and destruction that it's all been pre and, and that it's all been prearranged by the uh, the world elites so as to uh, release some sort of virus into the population destroy 80% of the population etc and to me it's a very defeatist mentality the idea that well what can you do yeah how can you win what well, what well, if you really believe that the elites are in control of everything 
And uh, then why are you pushing to have a 9-11 investigation? Don't you believe that the elites are going to control that, too? Like, you think they're going to bring their buddies up on charges? I mean, you think the government's going to investigate itself? Is is the government going to call Alex Jones and ask him to run the 9-11 commission? Yeah. So so they they focus, uh, the conspiracy people focus on things that they really can't do anything about. Their answer is usually, well, we can change it if we just get enough DVD out there and then if we put all our dvds out there and we bring people on board and we wake them up then something's gonna happen people will vote for ron paul and uh, and that'll change everything well you know there's no question that i think that most of society in this country and in others live in this this media and in, in education induced matrix uh, where they're they're taught to kind of worship the government the state and that the state's the answer to all their problems. And, and to that, I would say that Alex Jones is showing them just how bad the state is, as we do sometimes, too. And, and well, but, okay, he's showing them how bad they are in that he's a good, doing a good job of pointing out the police state and the rise of uh, the state's control over, over, over people. But he's not pointing out the, the idea that the concept of the state is bad. He's not pointing out the idea that the, 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 the idea of the state itself is the real poisonous problem. That's the root of, uh, of many of the problems that we have, that people believe in this, uh, this fiction, basically, that, uh, that we call government. Uh, he's not pointing those things out. He may be pointing some of the right things out, but it's the solutions that I disagree with, and it's the general message that I disagree with. The message of the conspiracy shows is, well, you're screwed. 80% of the people are going to uh, be eliminated from the the face of the earth. The best thing you can do is buy a bunch of crap, uh, put it in your underground bunker, and prepare for the end. (laughs) Whereas our viewpoint is, and I think I I can speak for us all here, uh, the viewpoint of Free Talk Live is that freedom does have a chance, and it requires you to take personal action to advance freedom. That means becoming a better communicator about what liberty means, to, to understand it yourself personally, and then to be as, uh, as effective as you possibly can and, and grow in your effectiveness at communicating the ideas of liberty to others so they can absorb the ideas and they can transmit them to, uh, to other people as well. But it's more than just about communicating and turning people on to uh, shows like Free Talk Live or School Sucks or whatever other liberty-oriented shows there are out there. Uh, it's okay. more than just turning people on. It's also about encouraging them to do something more than just ex- express, expressing a message or a viewpoint. And what I mean by that is joining the Free State Project, getting together with other like-minded people who believe the same as you do. That's what the Free State Project is all about. They're a sponsor of this show, but we've been promoting them from lo- long before uh, the point at which they were a sponsor. Getting involved in things like non-cooperation and civil disobedience and uh, and basically putting it out there that if you want things to change you have to change yourself first you have to come to the understanding that in order to be free you have to allow others to be free and you have to take steps to act more free in your life and of course the best place to do that is like i said around others so that's uh, kind of my spew on why it is that we're uh, we're different from these other shows your thoughts yeah okay so i have i have something to input here um th- there's a lot of speculation there's a lot of hearsay out there and a lot of it you can't weed between you know but there was like uh, something mentioned earlier about the Constitution. I guess one of you were a constitutionalist at one point. I'd say all, all of us, us were. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am right now, and I see nothing, nothing wrong with it. I'm like, yeah, Constitution is the backbone of uh, our country. It and was. That. And then there was something brought up about the uh, defending the borders earlier. I definitely want to give like, you the chance to get into it. Yeah, uh, you talked too long, and so we I had to answer bring... the question, Mark. It's an involved answer. Hang on. We'll bring it back, Robert. 
Let's talk about the Constitution and whatever else he wants to bring up here. As uh, as new a new listener is with us, 800-259-9231. We're going to lay it all out. The Constitution of No Authority is what I'd recommend. That's a Lysander Spooner document from the 1800s, and it's uh, quite an eye-opener. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy the program, you can help support the show by shopping with us. Amazon.freetalklive.com is where to go. You just enter through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of Amazon's uh, net so you can actually percentage of their gross. You can uh, go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com to get your shopping done in dozens of categories. You can even buy used items if you need to save a few extra bucks. So start your shopping and help Free Talk Live get the stuff you need. Get us uh, a few extra bucks by going to Amazon. FreeTalkLive.com. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, and up to 99% off of list price. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery, MemoryDealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We go back to Robert in Oklahoma. New to the show, Robert, you had some questions. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just curious. I, uh, since I tuned into this whole, I guess, kind of liberty-oriented uh, movement, whatever you want to call it, I've heard a whole lot about the Constitution and things like descending our borders, which are a couple things that you guys kind of um, were on the offense about earlier and, and yesterday, and I was kind of, like, taken aback by that, and I was just curious about all that. And also, I mean, we kind of talked about the conspiracy theories and the hearsay and speculation and I was just curious, because I live in Oklahoma City, what your take is on the Oklahoma City bombing. I assume that the Oklahoma – you know, I don't know. I would not pr- propose to know what happened, the Oklahoma City bombing. All I can assume to know is what they put in the news. And, you know, do I believe them? No. I think that the news lies to me. I think they, they spoon-feed that crap from the politicians, and I can't imagine they told us the truth. I'll take the same position I, I take on 9-11, and that is that I don't believe the government story, and I don't know if the conspiracy th- uh, stories are uh, correct either. Wayne, your thoughts? Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I really don't profess to know what happened, but everything. both of those events felt very icky to me, and there's just too much information that's gotten out uh, co- that's contrary to the official story. So let's let me um, uh, touch on the the Constitution aspect, uh, okay, Robert? Great, great. So um, you know, w- we on this show uh, have all been sort of the constitutionalist types. I'm going to assume that my opinion on the Constitution mirrors yours, and that you believe that it is a, a limiting small government document that uh, we have somehow gotten away from. Uh huh. And the Bill of Rights and all that. It's right. Our, the the right to bear arms. It's all you know. The way it should be, but the way it's not. Right. And so um, I think that one thing that we could probably say is that I believe the Constitution doesn't go far enough, and there's some ways that I would, would change it if, assuming the government looked the way I believe the Constitution intends for it to look, there would still be some things that I don't think that the, uh, that I think the Constitution goes too far on. However, 
I don't think that anybody would listen to me if we were in a world where the government operated under the ideas of the Constitution. I probably never would have gotten to that point where I believed that the Constitution doesn't go far enough anyway because, well, the government would be the, – the federal government would be so small, so unintrusive that uh, you know nobody would really think about it very often. But in fact, it is not. So – I guess our our opinion on the Constitution, at least my opinion on the Constitution, is that either the Constitution condones this activity, meaning that your opinion and my opinion on the Constitution really don't matter. The only people's opinion on the Constitution are the Supreme Court justices. They're the ones who interpret it, and that's what the Constitution says. So therefore, you know, even what the Constitution says doesn't matter because it is what it says is interpreted by the the Supreme Court justices. It could be covered in nonsensical bits of, 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 you know, scribblings and the Supreme Court justices, uh, they interpret it. So the fact that you and I read something that they read differently, it doesn't matter what we say because Constitution says that what they say matters and that um, so either the Constitution authorizes what we have today or it failed to do what it was supposed to do. So that's what I see the Constitution as. Okay, great. I mean, so the Constitution could say that the sky is green. But if a Supreme Court justice or whomever, a small little group of people, say that the sky is, in fact, not green, it's actually red, then, hey, Constitution doesn't matter anymore, right? Oh, no, the Constitution says that the sky is red. If the, if the Constitution says the sky is green and they interpret it to say the sky is red, then the sky is red according to the Constitution because they are the ones who interpret it. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I tend to agree with what Mark's saying. To add a little bit to it, uh, the other point about the Constitution I think that's important to bring up is that nobody who signed it is still around. And they didn't even sign it, as I understand it, as a contractual agreement. It was signed in witness thereof. So uh, it never really was binding to anybody in the first place. You could say that the people who swear an oath to it are bound by it. But as we can see, they clearly aren't in any way, shape or form uh, bound by it. So uh, so I am certainly not bound by it as I've never sworn an oath to it. And I certainly do not. uh, uh, You know, uh, it's just to me, it's a piece of paper had some nice ideas on it originally. I think it was a good I think it was a good try, you know, a good attempt at setting up a, a more humane, inhumane system. Uh, but a I think coercive that, system. Yeah, I don't think there's any value in in so-called getting back to the Constitution because I don't think there's any value in having a federal government in the first place. Do you? I I, I don't actually. I mean, and I agree that makes yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe it was good two hundred and some odd years ago. Yeah, sure. Maybe not much now. When people what rode around on horseback, it makes perfectly good sense that we would have a representative form of government. If in fact you want the voice of the people to run the government, we could all do it on our smartphones now. <laughs> Right. I mean, if that's really what you wanted, but that's no, not I, what I that's want. Mob right. rule. I don't either. I don't, I don't want, force. want a democracy. I think democracy stinks, and I think that anytime you let the vast majority of people vote on something, you're gonna get what what benefits and them. And republics aren't so hot either because it's just a democratic way of electing so-called representatives who, in no possible way, could represent you because they can't re- represent anybody other than really themselves and uh, in their own interests. I mean, it's a it's that's a pretty much. Yeah, and I, I think I mean really either way I think we're pretty much all screwed. This is what I've gathered from I mean Alex Jones and all that nonsense. But well, that's no matter their... what's going to happen, we're all screwed. But well, if you could if you could envision the ultimate civilized society, it, it probably wouldn't have a federal government. I'm sure it wouldn't. It would be decentralized down to the individual, where everyone interacts in a consensual manner, where people don't aggress against each other, where people uh, live up to their agreements. 
that's a society that sounds like something I want to build, that I want to work toward, and that's why I've joined the Free State Project. That's why I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. This is a solution that can bring that society about. It is not hopeless, and that is the right. message, in my opinion, that you hear on these other shows. Right. The Free State Project is a message of hope, and it's working. So what do you know about the Free State Project? Well, I've, what I've heard about it is from uh, Catherine Albrecht, and you know I'm all behind it. The only problem is it's too dang cold up there. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Where are you, you from? Know, Oklahoma? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma you know what I would have said when I was living in Sarasota, Florida about Oklahoma City? I don't know. I would have said it's too dang cold up there. Um, you really? Know, it, it's, We're Florida natives, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Florida. Wayne, where did you? Uh, you grew up in Connecticut, but you lived in Hawaii and Florida. Yes. Yeah. Like, how? What do you think the uh, guys at Valley Forge were thinking about the weather when they were sitting there uh, fighting the uh, the Redcoats for this uh, constitutional this constitutional freedom you were talking about? Well, I, I suppose it really didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. They probably lost a few toes for liberty. It, it is hopeless yeah. if, if you're not willing. In my opinion, there isn't really much hope anywhere else except for here in New Hampshire. And the reason for that is because hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people have already made the move here uh, over the past few years. Thousands are pledged. Over 10,000 have signed that they will make the move to New Hampshire. And we want to get to 20,000. That's the ultimate goal is to reach 20,000 people who are going to uh, make the move to New Hampshire in order to not just move here but also get active for liberty once they get here. For me, I'm more than willing to be a little chilly sometime during the year uh, in order to oh, have... Oh, it gets cold. In order to have a chance at actually being free. But I stay inside when it's cold, where the heater is. Yeah, we do have, we do have heat, so it's, it's not so bad. You guys get snow in Oklahoma, right? We, we do okay. a little bit. So yeah, it does get much. cold. It does get get cold there, too. Yeah, it, it uh, snowed where, and, uh, where I lived in, in Sarasota, Florida. It snowed in 1976 and 1989. <laughs> no, I don't know why that's relevant. Well, I'm just uh, I'm just pointing out yeah. that it's all about the continuum. Um, you know that the Oklahoma City seemed cold to me, but I decided that it was worth it to me to move up to some place that was very cold for the ideas of liberty. Yeah. So here's the really the question you have to ask yourself, Robert, is if you knew that twenty thousand awesome liberty oriented people were uh, are, were all moving to the same place in order to get active for uh, for liberty and achieving it in their lifetimes, would that be enough of an incentive for you? Uh, to to join them and maybe be a little bit cold uh, for a few months out of the year if you're outside. Oh yeah, no, that's that's what I was I, I was gonna say actually was that you know, well actually once my parents kick the can I gotta stick around because they're getting older once they kick the can tell you what sign me up for New Hampshire. All right, well head over to you I sign yourself there. up. You have to do it yourself. Go to freestateproject.org. Yeah, there's a five five year movement window and it's not like if it takes uh, six years for you to come that we're gonna send out uh, the mob to get you. Yeah, anything. it's just a statement of intent. It's not a con- uh, contractual agreement or anything like that. But there's a a lot more detail there. And also, go to porkfest2010.com. We'll tell you more about the Porcupine Freedom Festival coming up. And thanks for the call tonight the discussion, Robert. We appreciate it. Hour 3 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. 
filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free to bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. Uh, So enjoy those. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their websites. Ours is free, and it allows you to actually influence the stuff we talk about here on this program. You can go there, and you can see what our listeners think is uh, is interesting. And you, as a listener, can submit things to the site. You can submit news articles or videos or whatever it is that you find online, blog posts that you think is uh, is neat. You put it up on the site. Other listeners then vote it up or down, and the most popular items make it to the top and the front page of our website, meaning we're more likely to talk about them here on the air. So head on over to freetalklive.com. As we head into your phone calls, uh, you can call in and talk about anything. Coming up, Mark, you want to tell us about juvenile libertarianism. It's uh, Libertarianism has been called juvenile now by Slate Magazine, and we'll see what that's all about in a bit, if we get a chance. But first, your call. Cecil is on the line in Tennessee. Cecil, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, you guys make me sick. Why is that, Cecil? You guys are talking about all this, you know, I've heard you guys before talking about, you know, drugs shall be be legal, all this crap. And let me tell you, I was watching a show the other day, and thank thank God for these cops. They save these children. They save these young children from these sick people with their marijuana. And I don't understand how, and they didn't speak a, speak a lick of English either. And let me tell you, it made me disgusting to have these four little children, and they were in this house. And thank God for them police that rescued them children from that disgusting people that went them drugs. Because, I mean, them kids were probably around all that violence and all them drugs, and it just makes me sick. Well, there's a lot more violence because drugs are illegal, first of all. Second of all, it's still illegal. The number one cash crop in America is still marijuana. So by making it illegal, how do you think that it's helping the situation any? Are you for well, real? I mean, what, do you, what do you? What do you? I mean, I know you think you know. You should just let them have at it. Just, just do. They're the going drugs, to anyway. They're going to anyway. But you see, when something is illegal, the price is much higher. The profits are much higher, and there's an incentive to push the drugs on people. There's. Well, actually, how do you think we should get rid of it in the first place? Well, how do you think you should get rid of marijuana? Absolutely. You're never going to get rid of it. Right. People are always going to want to do it. Right. It's if you don't like marijuana, go out and spray some Roundup on it. You know what I think? They should give the military, the, the deadly force, and tell them to go out there and shoot every daggum person that smokes any kind of crap. Are you for real? This is, a, this is not April anyway. 1st, dude. No, They're people don't die. die. Anyway. Well, you're, you're going to die, too, so why doesn't the military shoot you would be my first question there. I don't, I don't do any drugs. But you're going to die anyway. Do you drink? Do you Jim smoke? Bean, buddy. What's that? Jim Beam. Yeah, okay, well, that's a drug, go. man. Yeah, you they, smoke what cigarettes. About, why? Why shouldn't the cops have shot uh, you know the people that that drank during prohibition? Mm-hmm. That's right. Jim <laughs> Beam was illegal, <laughs> and Al Capone and all the gangsters used to shoot each other up on the streets. I don't for think this guy's turf for wars. Real. No, come on. That's, that's because they're a bunch of 
wimps anyway. You're, you're pulling my chain. Guineas. Is this Ted? Is this Ted in West Virginia? This ain't no Ted in West Virginia. What no. the heck are you talking about? I don't know, Cecil. <laughs> but uh, come on, man. I mean, you really think pot smokers are bad people? Okay, I can't keep it up for too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good try, though. Actually, this, this huh? isn't Ted. This is Nick from Kentucky. But anyway, okay. uh, close enough. Yeah, I hard. tried. Dad gone and I tried. I you, can't, you done. I can't you done tried, and we appreciate Actually, but it. Really, but really, I do want to say something, to, and I, I tried to do it because this was uh, what my dad had said. We were actually just watching this TV show last night, and uh, my dad's an old Vietnam vet and kind of a, you know, kind of like the guy who I just tried to portray. Mm-hmm. And, God got uh, some guns. Yeah, and it just, I couldn't believe it when he said it. I kind of made a joke about it, and I told my wife, and I said, I cannot believe he said that. I said, uh, there's actually been people who call Free Talk Live that say stuff like that. And I said, I just can't believe that he actually said the way to get rid of the drugs is to, you know, give, give the power to the military and have them have deadly force. And I'm like, Dad, you're, you're insane. We need to execute them potheads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he really, I mean, he really acted like that. And I just, and it's kind of a shame because my dad's a, a great guy, but, you know, he's, he's misguided. Uh, I don't know. Well, he's got some crazy. Views, but. If you believe government works, then naturally uh, all you have to do is step up the amount of force that government use, uses in order to make it work. And what your dad probably hasn't seen is he hasn't been to places around the world where, in fact, they do have the death penalty for certain drugs. And the fact is people still do them because they're just that motivated by it. Right. And then, of course, you know, I'm sure there's something that my dad would do and he'd probably get, you know... <laughs> killed over in some other country or any other place where they do that. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of, and of course, on the same token, when he's talking about cops or the government, he gets all mad. And if, of course, it's something that he thinks that mm. is valid for him to do, you know, he, yeah. he says, oh, it's okay because I can break the law because, you know, that's a dumb law. It's a, it's a common viewpoint found in America and one of the, and one of the most frustrating for me. And, and I encountered it a few years back when I was still living in Florida. By the way, Nick, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing mm-hmm. from you. I uh, encountered it, encountered it in a very obvious form a few years back. We were talking on the show at the time about the foie gras ban in Chicago. Maybe you recall. Uh, they banned this delicacy of a dish. It's goose liver. They they force-feed geese, and uh, allegedly. And they, that way, I guess, the liver gets really large or something like that. I don't really know how, how it all works. But anyway, it's something that is sold at upscale restaurants to hoity-toity people that have plenty of money to burn on such things. And so uh, because of the way that the geese are fed uh, in a less than apparently humane manner, uh, the the city council in Chicago decided to ban the sale of foie gras within the city limits. And so this was the news item that we were talking about on uh, on the show at the time. And I happened to be out for uh, for dinner with my parents and my uncle and aunt, who were from the uh, Skokie area, which is, I guess, pretty near to uh, to Chicago. They uh, they were there at this particular dinner. They were down in Florida. They were visiting at the time. And uh, for whatever reason, the foie gras ban came up. And the my uncle and aunt uh, just didn't seem to give a damn about uh, the fact that these people were, uh, were not being able to eat the stuff that they wanted to eat. And it wasn't because they believed in, uh, you know, protecting the animals or anything like that. It was just because they didn't eat foie gras. So why should they give a flip? Yeah. 
it's, and this is it's a common a common attitude. Mm-hmm. Government's fine as long as they aren't hurting me. Yeah, you know, I mean, the same thing happened. We had uh, in my town one, and every town in Westmoreland, uh, the the most recent uh, town meeting. You we we voted on whether or not we wanted to tell the politicians that we believed that marriage should be brought, uh, you know, the, the issue of marriage should be brought to a Democratic vote or something like that. And basically the idea is is that, uh, you know, them gay people done got themselves a law around here says they can get them married and stuff. <laughs> and it's offensive to Jesus. And um, the... You know, they so I, you know, hopped up and uh, had a little something to say, and and it turns out in my town we managed to vote that down. Hmm. But you know, I I, I have no idea whether there was anything I said or not. But uh, one of the guys that I knew at the uh, the mechanic shop the next day, he had something to say about it, and it was pretty simple. You know, it it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And ah, <laughs> uh, cliche. Yeah, very very cliche. And I understand where he's coming from. I get it. <laughs> I totally do. I was recently, I, you know, I was uh, when Jack gets up from his nap, often we'll kind of like slowly work him out of it by hanging out on the bed together, and he'll you know play around, read, talk, whatever, and. So I was thinking, what a wonderful life I have. Everybody should have life like I have it right now. And you would only, of course, be able to do that with a wife and a child. And so yeah. obviously what they're doing is wrong. It would be the would be the obvious counterpoint to that. But if somebody wants to live their life the way they want to live it, that's up to them. And it doesn't affect you or me or anything else. So what's good for me isn't necessarily what's good for them. Yeah, I mean, do these people think they're going to stop gay people from being gay? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Just leave them alone. Yeah. So a lot of people have this particular viewpoint of, well, if it doesn't affect me, then uh, why should I care about it? And the answer is because eventually they'll figure out something that affects you. And, of course, the government affects you in a number of ways. So the idea that the government isn't affecting you is ludicrous. Uh, clearly they are. But they only care about the ones they can perceive as being an issue for them. But until you're ready to stand up for somebody else's freedom, for a freedom that you could give a flip about in your life, you don't care if X, Y, Z happens to so-and-so because, well, you don't care about X, Y, and Z and whatever. But you should because freedom means allowing other people to be free to do what they want. And if you're not willing to stand up for their ability to do what they want, as long as they aren't harming others, then how can you expect anybody to stand up for you? It's Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up absolutely anything, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free on the site, so do enjoy those on us, including our webcam. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com, and you can watch and listen and interact Uh 
with this program because other listeners are in our chat room. The chat room and the cam both are on the same page, so it makes it really easy to uh, to get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners at cam.freetalklive.com. And by the way, the uh, webcam is brought to you by memorydealers.com. Every contest involves rules, and every winner knows the rules and how to use them to their advantage. Jurisdictionary.com explains to you how to use the rules of the American judicial system. It is a course created by a lawyer, as a matter of fact, a doctor of jurisprudence, who wants to uh, protect you against members of his own profession. It is a five-hour video seminar on CD-ROM, plus uh, two, two-and-a-half-hour uh, audio classrooms and 15 in-depth reference tutor- tutorials that will uh, teach the average eighth grader how to grasp it in 24 hours, the, uh, the, how to grasp using the American judicial system. Go there to Jurisdictionary.com. I'm taking the course. It is a great course, and it is comprehensive and does everything that it claims it will. Make sure that when you uh, do buy it that you use the pull-down menu that says Free Talk Live. Right, oh, sorry. 800-259-9231. All right. We're going to continue here. Uh, Mark, you had something you wanted to share with us. Back to the, uh, the the Rand Paul controversy that has been brewing here and bubbling up in the last week and a half or two weeks since he won the primary. And we've talked a lot on the show about whether or not he's a, a real liberty-minded person. Mark, you, uh, you're kind of a fan of him. Uh, I am, on the other hand, not so much. But uh, some other people are even less of fans. Uh, Slate Magazine has this done is a salon. Oh, I'm sorry, salon has hit uh, put out a hit piece. Yeah, it's by uh, Gabriel Winnett, and it's the lessons of Rand Paul. Libertarianism is juvenile. Which, of course, Rand Paul is not a libertarian, from what I can tell. He's a Republican with some liberty leanings. Anyway, uh, but this is problem. This is part of the problem with Rand Paul is that. He is getting the word libertarianism out there. That's the good side of things. On the the bad side of things, people are are going to misunderstand what libertarianism is because Rand Paul is the most visible, uh, the most visible person who is utilizing that term. Although apparently he's not even using using the term. He 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 made a statement on his own website talking about how he's always been a Republican. He's always voted for Republicans and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So he is he does not even accept the term uh, libertarian from what I can tell. It's just that everybody else is saying well. His dad's a libertarian, so he must be one, too. You know, I heard an interesting story around the holiday season about the, the Paul household, which is rather large, at the holi- especially at holiday time, with all the kids and grandkids. And allegedly, there was a, there's, there's, sometimes there's some disagreements between Ron and Rand, and sometimes Rand gets banished to the uh, table in the other room during dinner because of that. And we'll have to see if, if any of that develops, uh, if he does become elected. But again, I think that we you have to wait and just see where he, how he votes and and, and if he's be, if he's principled like his father is. That's that's all I can tell you. Right at this point, um, all it's uh, all the issue really is is a sounding board. Uh, you know, Rand's essentially won by being the Republican in Kentucky. The chances of him losing to the Democrat are pretty slim. The Democrats are getting very shrill because of some of the things that uh, you know have been said. But anyway, let me go on here. Rand Paul blew up the internet. Did you notice? Here's how it went down. First, he suggested unmistakably that he opposed the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Then he tried unsuccessfully to weasel his way out of it. Under near implacable questioning, this uh, was when uh, people got really worked up. So Paul put out a uh, press release, the strategy of which was more or less to deny the previous 24 hours had actually happened. And in the meantime, those of us who hail from the internet... flip-flopping politician. Those of us who hail from the internet have lost the ability to talk about anything else. Mainly, of course, we've been condemning and mocking Paul, but 
there's a group that's now, by the way the way he talks uh, this this uh, the author of this his name is Gabriel Winnet is clear this guy is caught in an echo chamber right like he's not hearing anything else other sides of the story mm-hmm. so he's all in an echo chamber mainly of course we've been condemning and mocking Paul but there's a group that's lined up to defend him as well. The basic claim is that while Paul was, of course, wrong to oppose the civil rights legislation, it was an honest and respectable mistake. As Dave Weigel put it on Twitter, hence the weird sentence, Rand doesn't mean harm is suffering as old libertarian debate moves into prime time. Weigel wrote a uh, longer defense of uh, Paul yesterday as well for excellent response. See the, this post in Salon and Josh, John, Joan Walsh. Various figures who stand a few notches um, in toward the mainstream from Paul have made arguments similar to Weigel's. It's a mere theoretical fancy. They say nothing should be made of it. A staffer for Jim DeMent, a Republican from South Carolina, calls the whole thing a non-issue. Thanks, white people, for clearing up the whole civil rights thing for everybody else. Not important. But lest Paul be allowed to escape, those of us who do want to make something of this need to broaden our argument. It's not just that he screwed up and said something stupid because he's so committed to a purist fancy. No, it's worse than that. Libertarianism itself is what's stupid here, not Paul. We should stop tiptoeing around this belief system like its adherents are the noble last remnants of a dying breed just clinging to their ancient, proud ways. Well, if that was uh, the case, that would be a sad story, but it seems to me that the uh, liberty mindset is on an increase, not yeah, dying. But this guy in his echo chamber doesn't see it that way. Yeah. Now, to be clear, before continuing, there are legions of brilliant individual libertarians. Wigel himself, for example, is a great writer and reporter and true master of Twitter. We've, as though that's a, I, uh, you know, <laughs> some kind of a yardstick for, for being uh, brilliant. Uh, for example, his great uh, writer and reporter and a true master of Twitter, we've uh, never met, but by all accounts, he's very much a stand-up fellow. But brilliant, decent people can think silly things, and that's what's going on here. It's time to stop taking libertarianism seriously. Hmm. Ironically, the best way into um, into this point comes from another brilliant libertarian, legal scholar Richard Epstein. Says Epstein, to be against Title II in 1964 would be... Brain dead to the underlying realities of how this world works. I guess he's uh, referring to you know more defensive of, of Paul there. There's the key: the underlying realities of how the world works. Because never, and I mean never, has there been capitalist enterprise that wasn't ultimately underwritten by the state. This is true, an obvious um, an obvious level that even most libertarians would concede, although. Not um, not some of the Austrian economists whom ran uh, Paul adores. What is he talking about there, Mark? He's saying that essentially everything that works in the capitalist system, he's calling, I assume, the, the regular, the, you know, the system that operates today, the capitalist system, says it operates by with the underwriting of government. And it essentially does. Well, if, if he means that uh, corporations are benefiting from the existence of uh, the idea of government, then okay. Even if you, even if you run uh, – you know, everybody benefits from the government to some extent, uh, you know, and the claim is uh, – try to think about it. I mean the police, whether you like what they do or not, um, to some extent keep down illegal crime in a general geographic area and so therefore a business is benefiting from that. Do you see? Okay. okay. Maybe. I don't think that's what he's talking about. Well, he says to some extent or another, it's underwritten by the state. Right. I, I, I feel like he's talking about corporations uh, there. But then again, Maybe. I don't know. He's not really very uh, very explicit. Well, we'll see where this is going here in a moment. 800-259-9231. He calls ju- uh, libertarianism juvenile. And I want to know specifically what he's talking about. 
1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Seems to me that the Liberty Mindset is the most down-to-earth, humane mindset out there. We'll talk about it coming up. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. Bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those, and head on over to freetalklive.com. Also, visit the uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival website over at porkfest.com, porkfest2010.com, actually. I think either one will work. Uh, but Porkfest with a C, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T, 2010.com to learn about a really exciting camping uh, excursion with hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people. I believe over 400 people are registered at this point uh, with hundreds more that uh, should probably be coming on board with a registration here in the coming weeks as we are literally weeks away from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening June 24th through the 27th. It's put on by the Free State Project here in beautiful New Hampshire, uh, Lancaster, the northern portion of the state right next to the white mountains incredible location rogers campground it was there last year and it was a lot of fun it's going to be even better this year because a lot of the same people are going to be back and if you're new well there's a lot of really interesting folks that you can get to know and socialize with and go out and do things like gun shoots and hikes and family uh family events and uh there's a lot that uh, that's going to be going on the porcupine web uh, pork fest website uh, lays it all out for you. Porkfest2010.com. Get registered. There's a lot to do, and we're going to be there broadcasting live, so looking forward to uh, to meeting a lot of our listeners, as we always do. Porkfest2010.com. All right, so Mark, you're sharing with us something from Salon.com. That's correct. Uh, and it's about libertarianism and how it's allegedly juvenile. Let's continue. So um, the author continues here, uh, because never, and I mean never, has there been a capitalist enterprise that wasn't ultimately underwritten by the state. And this is true at an obvious level. Even most libertarians would concede for the system to work, you need some kind of bare bones apparatus for enforcing contracts and protecting property. I'd like to stop right there, if I may. Um, what He's wrong. Okay, uh, that's think, the only thing he can conceive. Sure, because yes, today the government is everywhere. But let's think about oh, say the 1840s when uh, America was moving west. Was there a bare bones apparatus that was enforcing contracts? No. Nope. All the all the uh, the land usage and stuff like that. Uh, you know the, the the lines, the demarcation was done by private individuals. People protected themselves. Admittedly, at some point or another, the uh, the American government had wiped out some uh, some Indians, and they were certainly scared. But 
I, you know, I don't think that that's entirely well, true. Well, the presumption is that there needs to uh, be a monopoly on these things. Right. When, in point of fact, uh, the marketplace can handle these uh, these tasks probably in a much more uh, better manner than right. The I mean, can. C- couldn't you just hear them saying, "Well, how in the world could we have more than one cell phone company? Calls would get lost. <laughs> people wouldn't be able to call each other." Da, 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 da. Yeah. I mean, you could just hear them caterwauling about how the the marketplace could not absolutely, positively, could not handle competition in the area of cell phones. I continue to be, by the way, just as an aside, I continue to be amazed at the cell phone industry and the stuff they include in, in packages. Sprint, uh, the company that I am on board with, I was looking at their website recently as I was looking at some new phones, and one of their big sales pitches now is that if you've got a Sprint, uh, Sprint service, you can call any mobile phone in the country for free. Not just on the Sprint network. That's how it used to be. It used to be, well, if you've got Altel, you can call Altel phones. Or if you've got uh, you know, Sprint, you can mm-hmm. call Sprint phones. Their claim now is that you can call the 250 million mobile cell phones in the United States, regardless of what network they're on, for nothing. And it's one of those things, like, how, how did that happen? How can these companies that are in competition work together in a, in a way that would allow the, uh, these things to come about? And, you know, don't you find it ironic that the people calling libertarians juvenile uh, when libertarians are the ones who want to be more self-sufficient and don't want to be dependent on government, yet so, in other words, being dependent on, on mommy or daddy government is, is grown up? adult? Yeah, let's get to the crux of this here, Mark. Uh, where's he really getting deep? Okay, so to summar- summarize very briefly, a long and complicated process. We got to capitalism, and that's what I guess we have today, according to him, in the first place through a long process of flirtation between governments on one hand and bankers and merchants on the other hand, culminating in the Industrial Revolution. What libertarians revere as eternal, holy truth is, in fact, in the grand scheme of human history, quite young. And if they would just stop to worship, um, worshiping it for a minute, they'd notice that the parents hovering in the background. Okay, so this is not true either. He's talking about capitalism as though that's what libertarians worship. And, uh, you know, I'd say that I have respect for the free market. And the free market existed from the first time that Ugg uh, took a, uh, you know, a a chestnut and traded with Blarg for a a scrap of uh, meat. And that was free market. So what he's saying here, let me see if I'm, let me see if I'm understanding. He's saying that libertarians worship capitalism. That's what we have today. And if it weren't for the government and the bankers getting together back in the before the Industrial Revolution, we wouldn't have capitalism for libertarians to worship. He comple- is that a, is that what he's saying? That's correct. He completely doesn't even understand no, what liberty is. He doesn't uh, want to get what, a, what, what the message is either. I'm sure. So um, freedom is the absence of uh, regulation, the absence of coercion, yeah. and uh, ca- capitalism as we know it uh, is this crony capitalism that uh, we're familiar with today. And I don't know anybody that it's worships that. Called corporatism, yeah, yeah. Or I don't mercantilism or some ter- term right. like that. Libertarians like Paul, uh, and this, by the way, I think is one of the problems and one of the reasons I've stopped using capitalism to re- reference the free market. That's it's what not. it means to me. That's what it means to a lot of people I know and respect. But it does it. It when when you go into the translation, it means something entirely different to another group of people. Well, capitalism is a system of uh, of economic organization, right? I mean, it's yes. uh, whereas the free market is just. It's just freedom. Uh, there are a lot of different things you could try within the, the scope of freedom. Well, Ayn Rand kind of uh, equates capitalism with pure freedom. Yeah, well, I'm not a, uh, an Ayn Randian, so uh, I would not do that. 
Anyway, libertarians like Paul are walking around with the idea that the world could just snap back to a naturally occurring benign order if the government stopped interfering. As Paul implied, good people wouldn't shop at racist stores, so there wouldn't be any anyway. And I'd like to really I'd like to point this out real quick. This guy's talking like somehow the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is stopping people from being bigoted at their store. Uh, I think it all started with lunch counters. And let's imagine for a second that I run me a racist lunch counter i'm a racist and i run a lunch counter now i don't have to kick black people out i don't have to put a sign up that says that i don't want black people here i can make it so that they don't want to come to my place and i can do it very easily i'll tell you that 99 point something percent of the black people that come to my racist lunch counter are not going to come back why because i'm going to make them bad food when they you know when i'm going to make them wait serve it cold and are you going to regulate all the white people that don't go to to uh, bubba's barbecue down the street because a black man works there or runs the place or owns the place you're going to make them go yeah, you're going to make them go? You know, I saw a, a video from the Young Americans, Americans for Liberty the other uh, last night, and I thought it was outstanding what they did. They kind of spun the this controversy about uh, the idea that people should be free to discriminate in their businesses, which, of course, is the position, the, a, a liberty position, is that weirdos and uh, freaks should be allowed to be weirdos and freaks. And, so everybody uh, can see them. And, yeah, absolutely. Are. And that racists should be allowed to be racist publicly so we'll know who they are, we can ostracize them, etc. And the, the question they were asking people was pretty brilliant, uh, or at least the guy that made the video. He was going around in public asking people on camera if a Klansman came in to eat at a black-owned restaurant, mm-hmm. would it be all right for the black own, uh, black owner to kick the Klansman out? And, of course, everybody said, yeah, of course that's fine. It's, it's his private property. So people get it, right? Yeah. It's just the, the guys like this over at Salon that you know, try to obscure the, the issue. This belief system of people who have been the unwitting recipients of massive government backing for their entire lives, to borrow a phrase, and here's the uh, the, uh, the the white person that's that's so privileged is what he's talking about, to borrow a phrase where they were born on third base and they think they hit a triple. We could fill a library with the details of the state underwriting um, enjoyed by American business. Hell, we could fill a, f- a fair chunk of the Internet if they weren't using it all to discuss Rand Paul already. And I don't just mean modern corporate welfare or centuries ago agricultural changes. Most left-of-center policymaking can fit into this category in one way or another. Think about well, – um, I'll, I'll continue on when we – we got enough time to wrap this up, right? Yep. Okay, good. All right, more in moments here. 800-259-9231. Enough time to sneak your call in as well about what you want. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, juvenile libertarianism will uh, continue. You're here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call, perhaps, if you make it now to 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those. And those features include news updates. If you want to know the latest about Free Talk Live when it happens, Get on our news updates list. Uh, you can get them via email or you can follow our Facebook or Twitter. And go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up for any one of those or all three of them if you want. News.freetalklive.com. In fact, I sent out a news update this afternoon announcing that we are doing an auction. We haven't done an auction in a little while because our banner ads have been all kind of tied up. People have been buying multiple months and so we just haven't had banners to auction. But now we are auctioning off the backside of our new bumper sticker. It's actually going to be the same bumper sticker that we've been giving out. It's just that we need to do another print run of them. We did a, we printed out a thousand of them a few years ago, and they've lasted us this long. And they're uh, gone, and now they are. I've got like three left, so it's time to get some more. Uh, and so we're going to rerun another uh, another batch, but it means it's time for us to resell the backings of the bumper sticker. So when you get a Free Talk Live bumper sticker, which are free, by the way, and the instructions as to how to get one is at promote.freetalklive.com. Well, when you get one of them on the backing, there's printing. We can put printing on the back. So we can put your advertisement for your product or service or website or whatever on the back side of the Free Talk Live bumper sticker, which, of course, goes into the hands of probably the most dedicated of our listeners, the people who are willing to take the time to send us a self-addressed stamped envelope uh, or to come up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival and get one in person or the Liberty Forum and get one in person. But those are pretty much the three ways uh, that people can get their hands on the Free Talk Live bumper sticker. So if you want to advertise your business to that hardcore group of Free Talk Live listeners, uh, now's the time to go to auction.freetalklive.com and place your bid. Bidding started at 99 cents. I don't know how high it's going to go. Somebody might take, uh, you know, 50% of the backing for 100 bucks. Maybe I'll get 300 out of it, which is what I'd like, because it's going to cost 600 bucks to print up 1,000 stickers. So 300 um, bucks to get, uh, to, to get, a thousand, get your message into 1,000 people's hands pretty good. I suppose it's it's pretty good. I mean, there are a thousand hardcore listeners, right? I mean, these are like the the, the best of the best. So uh, you can go to auction.freetalklive.com. We're going to auction off half of the backing. We'll see how that goes, and then we have another half that we can auction. Maybe we'll do two fourths or something like that. Uh, but I want to make sure we get it done by the time Pork Fest rolls around, so we'll have a fresh batch of uh, stickers to come up there with. And anything we don't, you know, if we don't raise the full six hundred dollars through auctioning this, then I'll just have to, you know, Amp's going to have to to come up with the rest of it. But this is a way to avoid. Having having to do that all right so we'll continue here uh with your phone calls actually i want to get back to your article here in a moment mark but jimmy's okay. been waiting patiently listening in alabama uh to wvna jimmy you're on free talk live jimmy you're on the air yes sir. i'm just calling about um the whole agenda about the government and their their takeover of the um, um the mortgage companies the auto industry and health care and I just think um, there's a whole lot of uh, of socialism that you're seeing coming. And if you look at the History Channel, at, at uh, the regime of Hitler, when he took over the kids, when he took over the schools, when he took over uh, economic, uh, all the different as- aspects, uh, you see uh, you see so many similarities. And um, I think we need a revolution. Well, I understand where you're coming from. Revolution is a very popular term. I, I would prefer evolution. I am not interested in revolving or going around back to the beginning and starting over again with another coercive government system. I'd rather that people evolve to the point where they understand that government is not necessary, that we don't need to have a monopoly over coercive force, that human exactly. beings can interact voluntarily. 
I think it's, uh, I, I see your point there. I, I, when I guess I say revolution, I just, a, a, a change. Yeah. And a, not a change like Obama's doing, but a change back to more conservative values like we, when we grew up. I mean, when you didn't have well, to lock what? your doors. I, I, well, it depends on where you live. You still might not have to lock your doors, but uh, conservative values, I don't really know what that means, but I do know some uh, conservatives and their values are kind of uh, scary to me. Um, but Sure, I, if you look at the Republican states out there, um, there's plenty of them with gigantic out-of-control governments. And yeah, I don't, I don't know that that necessarily uh, you know, exemplifies conservative values. It means something different to everyone. Yeah, I mean, if, would you say that a conservative value is small government? Uh, conservative values is just just getting back to the basis of of God fear being a God fearing American, uh, believing being patriotic uh, to what our forefathers. But what if I'm not afraid of God? Normally, what if, you know what I'm saying? The, but what if I? But what if I'm an American who believes that uh, that I'm a little piece of God and and I'm not afraid of of that? What? I mean, everybody's got a right to their opinion. I mean, I know yeah. what the truth is about you know about God and about you know the truth, huh? Yes, sir. What is the truth? The truth about God? Yeah. The, the truth about God is he's uh, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Mm. I mean, Who told he, you that? God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one who sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, Jesus Christ. And you would like to see something like that in uh, inculcated within the governmental system? No, sir. I believe that comes starts from the family home. But I'm seeing more and more of the governments reach into the family home. When you when you look back at the women's lib, and I know I'm going too much and chasing rabbits, but the point I'm making when I'm saying this is the, when the women's lib, some people are saying the women's lib was started by the government. You had one person who was taxed in the home. You get the women's lib, you get women working, now you got two taxed in the home, and let's take your kids out, and we'll indoctrinate them how we want. That, you know, let the teachers who are, are government paid teach your children and i'm not saying all teachers are like that but uh, teachers they are all government paid yeah no, i'm just not <laughs> just so, about i i'm interested in getting away from the idea of uh of the coercive state whether it's being run by democrats or republicans is immaterial to me because over time they both increase the size and scope and intrusiveness oh, yeah. of, the, of the government look, so look at reagan <clears throat> reagan tripled the size of the government at the time i heard it was uh he increased it by 60 percent no the well, well if you look at the definition yeah, but the problem with that is it's just really a fantasy because government is yeah, always the people by want to spend the elites. your money too. Don't worry. Well, the government is always by the elites for the elites, uh, and it's never going to be anything but that because uh, power aggregated attracts those who are in search of it. And, Sociopaths. Yeah, and and psychopaths. And the bigger is, the government, uh, the the larger geographic landmass it controls, the more the more the sociopaths are going to want to get a hold of it. So I think that the best solution is just to get rid of. As much as I love the the colors and the eagles and all that stuff, uh, to get rid of the uh, the federal government and, and go off and uh, each state do its own thing. Yeah, start with secession and go from there. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. More thoughts from the uh, the salon story, Mark. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to libertarian. Just so you know, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it up. So this guy goes on to extol why it is that government that uh, the people that don't believe the government should uh, exist have in fact uh, you know they're slapping the government in the face because the government created everything that we see. Think about the New Deal. Although libertarian ingrates will never admit it without the reforms of the 1930s, there might not even be private property left for them to complain about the government infringing upon. What? Well, 
Not many capitalist democracies could survive 25% unemployment, and it doesn't just happen by good luck. Or take a um, – now, so I'd like to address that Well, it wasn't quick. capitalist anymore. By the time the Depression came, you had a central bank in power right. for 20 years. You didn't have capitalism anymore. Sure. The government created the problem of the Depression, yes. and you can't claim that it fixed it by the laws that it uh, – you know, create, when it created it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So um, – not many capitalists among us, or, or take a couple of more recent examples. Savvy healthcare insurance executives were quite aware during the this past year that if reform failed again, skyrocketing prices were likely to doom the whole scheme of reform. private in, in, insurance. Itself a freak accident of federal policy. And bring on single payer. Here's a fun sci-fi one. So Yeah, well, that much is true. Um, here, here's a fun sci-fi one for you. Imagine the moment in, say, 20 years when the evidence of climate change has become undeniable <laughs> and there's an urgent crackdown on carbon-intensive industries. Then coal companies and agribusinesses will be wishing they'd gotten on board with the uh, mild, slow-moving reform that is cap-and-trade. Yeah. Get it? Yeah, the government right. didn't just make the free market in the first um, – the government didn't just help make the free market in the first place – Although it did do that, it also is constantly busy uh. trimming around the edges of the free market. So the government made the free market, wow. and, and it has to this maintain it, otherwise it won't be free anymore. Wow. So you have a what coercive, delusion. dangerous monopoly that made a free market, and if the coercive, <laughs> dangerous monopoly that if you do not obey, they will throw you in prison or take your house away, if, you, um, you know, if, if that doesn't continue to maintain the free market, you won't have a free market anymore. Right. Without the agency of uh, monopoly force, you can't have freedom. Huh? Yeah. The libertarians who insist that the state has no place beyond basic night watchman duties is like a teenager who, having been given a car, promptly starts demanding the night to, to right to stay out all night. Sometimes someone is really looking out for your best interest by saying no. That's and that's right. why the Mommy best rap, government looking out for you. The best rap on libertarians isn't that they're racist or selfish, although some of them are those things and their beliefs encourage both bad behaviors, mm-hmm. even if accidentally. It's that they're thoroughly out of touch with reality. It's a worldview <laughs> that prospers only so long long as nobody tries it and is He's too unreflective yeah. and, and self-absorbed and, to realize and the, it. And the people who are the most obsessed with race are the biggest racists. Maybe the case. Uh, we are out of time, though, so we'll see you tomorrow night on online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. It has been Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Back tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. And it's a it's another edition of the Edgington Post. And we have a repeat with me today. It's it's Cale Paget from the Tax Foundation. Cale, are you there? I am here. So, Kale, um, there's a new report put out by the Tax Foundation, and I'm very interested in income tax. I have I have questions, and this one kind of feeds into some of the questions I have. And it is a and it's an analysis of IRS data provided by state by state, looking at the numbers of tax filers with no income tax liability. And uh, we bring bring our listeners up to speed on it. Sure. So um, the president of our foundation, Scott Hodge, has been very interested um, in this issue of individuals who have no income tax liability. And so he he refers to this as the non-payers issue. And so when we look at um, the IRS data and we look at kind of 
the total number of people that filed income tax uh, returns last year, we had about 143 million. Out of those, 52 million uh, did not uh, end up having any income tax liability. So basically this means 36% of the people that filed income taxes actually didn't owe anything to the government. Um, this is because of credits, exemptions, um, and deductions from their income. And so, um, you know, that's kind of the issue that he's been uh, looking at. And then he went further with it this, uh, with this report and actually broke it down state by state to see which states had um, higher percentages or lower percentages of non-payers. Now, um, when you say that, uh, that, that there's 143 million, um, you know, people that uh, what, what did you say returns? Are it those is. individual people, or are those uh, you know returns per family? Because I know that my wife and I fill out one return together and assign it. So how do, how does that work? out? how many people um, are represented by these 143 million returns? Yeah, and so that's kind of the issue is that some of this data is hard to parse out fully to know how many people is behind it. So these are um, individual um, income tax uh, returns that are filed. So some of these are going to be um, families. And in fact, if you run through a uh, sample family, you can find that a family that earns um, 52000 with, um, you know, four children um, can actually end up not having any income tax liability. Now, this is because of the earned income tax credit and the head of household exemptions and that kind of thing, right? Yep, exactly. That's the, um, that's exactly going on, along with kind of another, you know, a large number of other things. We'll see uh, likely when the data gets released in the uh, upcoming years, because this is 2008 data, we'll see that, um, you know, that certain credits uh, that went in with the stimulus package um, are also probably going to have an effect and push that even higher. So some of these people that are non-payers are actually sort of negative payers. They're getting a, they're getting a return. They're getting money back from the government um, rather than, uh, you know, it's essentially a built-in uh, welfare thing that they don't even probably know about, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If they're, um, you know, if they're getting some of these credits, then they could likely receive um, checks back uh, for money paid, uh, for money, you know, the, the government um, owes them because of the current uh, way the income tax uh, is structured. So now I'm, I'm here at usdebtclock.org, and I'm not, you know, I, I don't know anything about this information, but they claim that uh, U.S. income taxpayers amount to 1 million, uh, one, 110 million people. So do you, th- I mean, are more people filing income tax? Do they just have a bad number here? What, what's going on? I mean, do you have any idea where their um, number came from? Yeah, I mean, their number might not be, um, you know, fully accurate uh, and up-to-date. We've seen um, uh, new credits that have kind of um, come in recently that have uh, probably pushed the number of non-payers um, slightly higher as well. And so that, that um, you know, could be part of it. Now, additionally, when we um, look at this, you know, you know, it's hard to tell when they got this data because the IRS releases these numbers annually. So it could just be from a past year or something like that. Yeah, the, the IRS's da- data, as far as I can tell, sucks. And that's one of the reasons I have so much question, so many questions about it. Um, now, you know, this was a state by state thing. And I think we should probably talk about the, the state by state aspect of it. Um, what w- which states pay the most, uh, you know, per person towards uh, income tax? Who pays the least? Where does New Hampshire show up? <laughs> sure, sure. Well, um, you know, this study really doesn't look at who's who's paying the most, really kind of just focuses squarely on this non-payers issue. Okay. But if you look at the states that have, um, you know, the most non-payers, um, you know, we really see those grouped around the South. So we see 
Um, you know, the number one state was Mississippi with 45% of the population uh, not having to pay any uh, income tax. Uh, Georgia and Arkansas both had 41% um, uh, non-payers. And then New Mexico, Alabama, and South Carolina uh, both had um, around 40% as well. Now, didn't I hear a news story recently that almost half of the people in the United States aren't paying um, income, um, almost half the filers in the United States aren't paying income tax? And where did that story come from and how how, in, how accurate or inaccurate is that? Sure, sure. So um, that study was released by the um, Tax Policy Center, which is a, um, a very um, respected um, tax organization. They're kind of a center-left group. And so what they did um, that is a little bit different from our studies, our study only looks at um, the income tax filers. They went out and said, well, there's a lot of individuals that end up not earning enough income, so they don't aren't actually required to pay uh, income taxes. And so they looked at all the people that earn some income but not enough to, you know, some added the people that don't earn enough to have to file income taxes and found their number to be 47% of households. I see. So this is – yours doesn't include – is just filers. Um, theirs includes people that make too little to file also. Exactly. So you can think of ours basically as the low-end estimate, and theirs is kind of the higher-end estimate of the two. But yeah. So, so And they're also looking at two slightly different things. Now, you know, I get I get confused on this issue because, you know, obviously, in, in my opinion, the fewer people paying income tax, the better as far as I'm concerned. So I'm kind of rooting for these non-payers. I understand why some people might feel like, well, the master's beating those slaves, so they should beat them, beat, you know, beating us, so they should beat them, too. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm for that. My question is is that if there's you, you say 143 million uh, people that are you know filers uh, income tax mm. uh, filers, and we're not sure how many um, you know people that represents whether it's you know however many and I guess I just wonder how many of the the working age of the American public isn't paying into income tax and and why is that I I, I tend to think that. Uh, if you work for yourself, um, you know, if you're self-employed, that you can kind of fly under the radar uh, a great deal of the time. What do you think about all that? Yeah, and so, I mean, um, tax evasion is obviously kind of a serious issue um, that does occur. A lot of people that probably do owe income taxes, um, you know, aren't paying um, for a variety of reasons. Self-employed, it's easy to kind of hide income. Um, Ill illegal income as well. Uh, you don't want to be reporting if you're earning a lot of your money selling drugs or anything like That'd that. That'd be a bad idea, um, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and I think the, the real issue that's at the heart of this is whether this is kind of a sustainable system that we have. And oh, yeah. So, um, you know, what we would say is that, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, this is great. A lot of people aren't paying income tax. This is kind of a good idea. Maybe we're even kind of doing a, um, you know, starve the beast type, type strategy with government. The other side of that is to say, well, a lot of people aren't um, having to pay to the system. And so the cost of government to then seems relatively cheaper now these people are paying um, you know sure. a host of other other taxes but they aren't paying the income tax and so the you know the marginal cost of government to them is much cheaper and so what they could be doing is demanding more government and so yeah they, they still have votes even though they don't pay exactly exactly and so you know when we've seen this um, happen kind of more and more and more as states we look at kind of states um, this is a federal study but if we look at states, we see that states have, um, you know, when they're kind of facing budget shortfalls, they really have been looking to um, one strategy in particular, 
which is to tax high-income earners. And so we saw this um, happen in Oregon. So Oregon basically was able to, um, you know, push through a tax on uh, people earning over a million dollars. And so, um, you know, Oregon had previously, uh, in you know, the past uh, 20 years, has had numerous times where they, um, the, it's come to the citizens to vote for an increase in the income tax. And every time it was voted down until uh, this past year when they put it on this very small uh, subset of oh, yeah. the population that were these high-income earners. And so, um, you know, it got passed. And so that can be used as kind of an example of what unfortunately could happen is it's that I like all the things government's providing me with, you know, I like all these safety nets, I like all these services, I like all these parks and everything, you know, we should get more and more and more because I'm really not paying for them, but we can just get that other guy to pay for it. Absolutely true. That's how they got the income tax in the very first places. It was only going to be for the very wealthy anyway, um, you know, <laughs> and that's how they, they trotted that thing out. And now just about everybody has to pay income tax as it is, um, you yeah. know, so I, I definitely see that problem and it, it, it's a huge issue. And I think you're right that it's an unsustainable um, I, I you didn't make that claim, but <laughs> I would yeah. make that assertion that it is an unsustainable model. And I think that it probably will at some point or another. It, it's going to it's going to be changed. I mean, it gets changed every year. So how are they going to change this uh, this unsustainable model? Um, I remember during the 2008 run, Ron Paul claimed. And I may have my numbers just a little wrong here, but not by too much, that if we got rid of the IRS, that the government would then have to shrink to 1997 levels. So 11 years prior. And I don't know about you. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make you make any statement like this, but I yeah. felt like the government was too big in 1997. So just to get a, I know that they're getting a lot of money from somewhere and I don't know where, but. You know, even without the IRS, the government can still be colossally large and and uh, you know abhorrently intrusive. No, exactly. I think this is always um, something to consider when we look outside just the realm of tax um, tax uh, tax issues. This is one of the kind of issues that I think um, needs to be thought of seriously by um, liberty minded individuals when they look at things like, uh, especially uh, Tabor initiatives and things like that. Is that um, by constraining government on the fiscal side, this might push a number of um, issues to the regulation side, which is, um, you know, seems costless, but is actually quite, um, can have, you know, huge, far-reaching economic yeah. implications. And so that's always something to kind of uh, think about and have um, an understanding of as well. Yeah, you know, we were talking about it. Uh, somebody, somebody, every time we talk about the immigration in, I- issue, someone will call in and say, well, this is easy. Is all you have to do is lay the burden upon the, uh, the, the business people out there to figure out whether or not these people are, are legal or illegal. And it's, it's, it's a really evil thing to do because essentially you turn people into – unpaid, um, unlicensed deputies for the government and, uh, you know, just make them take care of it in the same way that, uh, you know, people have to file taxes every year. My wife can spend up to 40 hours. I think it was more than that uh, this year because we had, uh, you know, a couple of additional issues. But 40 hours uh, just filing the income tax, that's a week's worth of work. Oh, yeah. No, this is um, it's kind of funny. We used to. always talk about this at the tax foundation of um, the compliance cost of the income taxes. Yeah. And the, the IRS actually used to um, do that every year, um, but they ended up uh, basically stopping to do it because it was, it, they were showing such high costs basically. Is so they used to kind of keep track of that number and then they stopped because it was so expensive. They were, they the, were, they were showing the compliance cost for the, for the taxpayer. 
Yeah, exactly. So um, it was they they cut the study off in 2005, but basically um, what it did was it showed that the internal um, revenue code um, was estimated to basically people had to spend about six billion man hours um, just to fill it time. out that crap. Yeah, to to fill it out and get it done. So I mean that's a huge um, you know burden on the population to have to just simply comply with the tax code. This is not in terms of any of the money it's raising. It's simply just paying for it, uh, just, you know, filling it out and doing it. So Now, Kale, I'm, I'm always left with more questions after we talk, <clears throat> and uh, I'm sure I'll have you back on in a, in a month or, or so. You, you guys are always releasing things. But if people want to find out more about the Tax Foundation, get the emails that I'm getting on a regular basis, things like that, is there someplace they can go to find out more about what the Tax Foundation is doing? Sure, absolutely. You can just go to um, www.taxfoundation.com. Uh, .org. We keep all of our um, uh, main new publications up just right on the front of the homepage, so you can look for that, and then uh, you should be able to find a uh, little box to click on, and you can sign up. Every Thursday, we send out an email kind of updating you with some of our more interesting blog posts, some of the papers we've released, and things like that. So is that uh, the Tax Foundation's blog or your blog? Uh, the Tax Foundation's blog. Okay. Do you do you post on there, or is that just... Uh... Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I post on there. I usually try to post... Uh, couple times a week on there as well. So now where do I find that blog? I, I guess I must have tuned out oh, for there for just oh, one sorry, second because I'm interested that, in finding um, out. Just that's, the, <laughs> yeah, that's the, just the, the it's at um, the Tax Foundation, and it's just um, taxfoundation.org backslash blog. Blog. Okay, great. Kale, uh, thank you very much uh, for the interview, and we will talk to you sometime in the future. All right, excellent. Thanks so much. Thank you. Kale Pageant, Tax Foundation. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keen. Keen is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.